Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Chris. And I'm not the other guy. <laughs> and we're I beat it first. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, off to a good start. I mean, it couldn't have gone any worse. <laughs> or any better. Or any better, actually. Yes, that's, that's pretty perfect. That is spot on. Uh, for those of you that cannot pick that voice out, uh, you are listening to the man, the myth, the monster himself, Andrew Schulte. Hi, yes. Andrew. Hi, how are you guys doing? Doing Fantastic. Right. That's great. As you can see, Chris is in Georgia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's weird. My car's back over there all of a sudden. Can how you did your car get there? That? That's, That's so very weird. Sneaky. I don't Chris know how is, that works. Chris is being, he's doing all the support right now using uh, a shot that Rebecca Wynn took of my car in Atlanta, Georgia from Paul yep. Mildred round two. Pro two round two. It is a very, very good picture, but a very pretty car. So it's kind of hard to fuck that up. So Chris's green screen is working overtime. Well, yes, Yes, it is (laughs) really trying to fuck it up. Hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) If only I had the same picture preloaded onto my computer, then I could have my green screen going instead of just our I beat it first logo getting weirdly cut up. Thinking ahead. (laughs) I'm just in my living room. Five seconds ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Which, that's a very 80s painting behind your head. Yes, uh, my wife Sophia decorates the house, and uh, we found this nice tropical-esque looking painting at Home Goods, which is her second home, and we just had to have it. I think it fits quite nicely in the room. I like, I like it. Actually, it actually kind of goes yes. pretty well with the, the sea, is that seashell, like wind chime that's oh, there? Oh yeah, the, the seashell wind chimes. <laughs> and the stained wood... Uh, map of the world which i can see oh, yeah. and then i don't know oh, yeah. what's above that is that cat uh, no that's a picture of us in my race car oh it's it's yeah. like literally just a bunch of blurry shit from yeah, here so it's my laptop camera <laughs> yeah we're a house of learned doctors very well decorated appointed homes <laughs> you know. okay for so cash. uh chris you want to go ahead and start us off with uh introducing Mr. Schulte and what it is that he does and why he's so great. Yes, Mr. Schulte oh, here be is so great because he eats a cereal. No, first. No, that's not why he's great. <laughs> no, no, that's why it's not great. Oh, yeah, this is a on. this is a list of why Andrew Schulte is a monster. <laughs> we're, we're not doing that list yet, but we nope, can yep, talk but, about that right now if you want. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's his uh, rookie year. My sandals. Yep. Oh God. Oh, what is his rookie year in uh, Formula Drift Pro 2, driving his LS7, Ling Filter, 240SX. Yes, and uh, with support from many friends, families, and supporters like you guys, I beat yep. it first. One of my one of my most appreciated supporters, <laughs> you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> because we're one of the ones that aren't trying to shell out car parts. <laughs> honestly, you know, the parts are great. The parts help. The car can't run without parts, but... Uh, <laughs> Straight not up that, not that it's bad. bad. That's those are those are the win- always the winners. Yeah, not that Most it's bad monster. that they're yeah. sponsoring to shell out car parts. It's just we're the ones that apparently there's a little heart in there. A little bit, a little bit, a little of heart. bit. Yep. Chris has some love for you. Yes, I, I love you too, You're Chris. Itasha drift cars. <laughs> Chris is like, there's some anime and formula drift. I got to get in on this. Got to do it. 
anime titties and formula drift. I got to yes. get in on this. That's, that's for private conversations. We can't, we can't officially recognize those on any official publications. Okay. It's a family friendly show. Uh, no, it's not actually. This is very no, much not, not a show. family show. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So as Chris said, I guess we'll go ahead and start off with the giant elephant in the room that you're a huge, horrible monster who eats his cereal milk first then you pour the cereal in correct yes i uh i took an instagram story video of that one time and it just caught like wildfire and now everyone's always dming me sending me messages about whether it's right or wrong and how they're doing it talking shit and uh so i'm just running with it i'm just gonna keep posting videos of my breakfast every morning and until uh until people just get over it <laughs> honest to god question yeah did you do it just for the lols um, I took a video of me doing it cause I knew it was like kind of unorthodox, but I just didn't know how passionate some people were going to get in responding to it. So you've but, always uh, been a monster is what you're trying to say. Yeah, no, that's my normal way of eating. I didn't just like modify my, my lifestyle for, for, <laughs> for a story. The, for the memes. <laughs> I didn't no. modify my life for the memes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that. That's my normal way of doing it. I just knew it wasn't, uh, I knew, yeah, I knew, I knew it would get some sort of reaction. I knew it would be kind of funny, but, uh. Yo, some people are mad. Like some people straight up message me like, dude, this is just, this is just stupid. Like, come on, do it right. <laughs> I'm just trying to get my cereal here and keep it. People are very passionate about their cereal. Yeah. So uh, the best part is I, I tell my wife that she's a monster as well. Cause she likes to eat Oreo cookies, like sandwiches. Like she just grabs an Oreo cookie and just straight up like bites into it. Doesn't play around with, with the frosting on the inside. Like some people, you know, crack them open, they lick it. Yeah. I personally crack it open, eat it, then I eat individual cookie. She's a mm -hmm. monster and just eats the cookies. Sometimes just whole cookie just throws it in your mouth and swallows. All right. So, so I, like, I, I, when I was younger, I would open them up, eat the frosting out first, and then eat the cookie, you know, do it all sorts of ways. But I've kind of grown out of that. I'm, I'm like your wife now. I'm just eating. Yeah. No, she always did now. that. Uh -huh. That's the weird yeah. part. So she always did like, that. When I was younger, nice like their whole advertising campaign was pulling the cookie apart and eating yeah. it. Yeah. I feel like everyone should have done that. So. Exactly. <laughs> but, so she's always well, done that. But so I told her that you, I told her that we got to talk to you about your drift car and anime and about how you're a horrible, horrible monster. And then she's looked at me and she goes, what weird thing does he do? And I said, he eats his cereal by pouring the milk in first, then the cereal. And she honestly got just looked at me like this, like <laughs> <laughs> this look of shock, horror and disgust <laughs> appeared on her face of <laughs> Okay, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Something's only weird if you let it be weird. <laughs> Me personally, I just like calling you a monster. It's more fun than than trying to get into an argument of like just just eat it the way that I eat it. I prefer <laughs> making fun of you for the way that you eat it and letting you you know continually eat it that way. I appreciate that. Thank you for letting me letting me spread my wings. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, you, you eat your cereal like a normal person, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so pour, you pour the cereal, the cereal in, in, you pour the milk in, the milk eat the cereal, and then you drink the milk. Yes, exactly. Like a sane human being. <laughs> it's all right. We, we have uh, insane people on our podcast all the time, Andrew. It's cool. Don't worry about it. We totally, uh, yeah. don't worry. At we will I, totally bring this up later again. <laughs> at least I'm not doing my bowl last. You know, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> at least and i'm waiting Very to see someone's point. rebuttal come to you to where they go fuck that and they just pour the milk in their mouth shove a handful of cereal in and then chew I, there was this one where the dude he poured 
He poured cereal onto the counter out of a milk jug, and then he poured the milk on top of the cereal out of the bag that the cereal comes in in the in the box. And then he picked out a cereal box that said bowl on it and dumped it. A bowl fell out of the box. I that was the most unique one that someone sent me. I like that a lot. I want to try it. That takes a lot of prep work. Yeah, no, they set up yeah. like they had a they had to modify a whole cereal box and make it just say bowl. Yeah, which is actually not. It's put some sharp. So that wasn't even that hard. <laughs> But that's commitment. You have to commit to cleaning that counter after. So one that's thought. So someone actually put some thought into their rebuttal, which is great. Instead of just like fucking do do it the right way, man. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, the the milk in the cereal bag, (laughs) the bowl in the box, and the cereal in the milk carton. Genius. And that that was some investment because I'm presuming that they didn't save the rest of that milk in the bag. They they had to sacrifice a gallon of milk. It looked like a full gallon. That bag was full. They had to sacrifice a, a box, of cereal. box of cereal by transferring it into a milk jug through the small opening in the top. And then they had to waste their countertop by messing it all up with milk and cereal all over it. Like they, you know, they really committed to that. That was, that was a significant investment on their part. And the one thing that I will point out, they had a box, which means they didn't skimp and go multi meal. No, that's correct. Yeah. They got a full on <laughs> yeah. cardboard box. And it's some, <laughs> that's bougie. It's <shit. laughs> bougie. That's some bougie rebuttal right there. Yep. <laughs> We're trying to do formula drift over here. So it's all knockoff cereal in our house. <laughs> hey, there's nothing so wrong with that, man. Yeah. I forget all the names for it, but I had all the knockoff cereals growing up, man. It's totally cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually lying. I should stop myself and correct myself right there because people have seen my stories. They know we got like Reese's Puffs and the real stuff, so I shouldn't lie. We have name brand cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Reese's Puffs is good. Okay, it is good. favorite cereal. Ooh, ooh. And why? Um, that s'mores cereal. Okay, you familiar why? s'mores? Is it just because it's got chocolate and shit in it? Yeah, it's it's a perfect mix. Like the texture of those chocolatey pillows that are the actual crunchy part of the cereal is perfect. And I like the chocolatey flavor on them. And then you also get marshmallows, which is also a very sought after texture of cereal, I believe. At least childhood cereals. Well, yes. And But it's not overpowering like... You're just eating a bowl of sugar. I don't know. I mean, it kind of is. It is a really. I mean, you are eating a bowl of sugar. <laughs> yeah. Um, but recently, I've been back on my my maturity kick, and I've been doing just straight up Cheerios with raisins that I pour in separate. Which yeah. I got a solid thumbs up. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> I take care of my heart. You know. I can be old man with you. My favorite yeah. has been for a really long time. Crispix. What even is that? Crispix. It's it's kind of like checks, but they're like but they're uh, hexagons instead of instead of squares. And on one side it's corn, and on the other side it's rice. All right, it's delicious. All right, well, okay. All right. <laughs> and when it comes to cereal, Jesus, it's good <laughs> enough that you can just like eat it by hand as like a snack. Huh. <laughs> Honest to God, true story. My wife and I moved in together about a month, or not about a month, uh, about <laughs> six months into dating, and she came down the she came down the stairs in the townhouse that we were renting, and she just saw me sitting on the couch eating eating straight out of the box of Crispix. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, she's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I'm snacking. And she just stared at me quizzically. I'm like, would you rather me eat deep fried potatoes? Yes. Like, French That's fries. a good point. Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> They're delicious. Chris, what's your favorite cereal? Go. Uh, I like Lucky Charms. Yeah, of course classic. he does. It's classic. Because Chris is a little baby. I am. <laughs> Tiny little baby. <laughs> okay, Aww. so... Schulte, you have mm-hmm. now done, let's see here. Uh, you did Orlando. That's correct. You, did, you didn't You did do Atlanta, though, right? Or did you do Atlanta? Well, 
I did. It just you did didn't Atlanta. Great. Sorry, you you did Atlanta, but it yeah, didn't show drift. up on the scorecards. Sorry, I forgot about Correct. that one. Yeah. Um, and then the next stop was up in Michigan. Yep, Grid Life, was, Grid Life Festival. Not not part of the Formula Drift schedule. Just a party. But yeah, yeah, just just fun in general for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then so when's your next race? Uh, the next main event on the roster is Formula Drift St. Louis. Um, I think it's like August 8th, 8th, 9th, 10th. I might be skewing, skewing my dates by like one day or two, but beginning of next month. I think it's 9th, 10th, 11th. There you go. Because that's, that's yeah. when Game On Expo is, and we're, we're doing okay. a panel at Game On Expo. <laughs> the yeah, only reason that right. I know that by heart. <laughs> yeah, that's next up. Driving, driving back to the track I passed on my way back from Michigan. So it feels a little inefficient, but... The break between grid life and St. Louis is so long, I couldn't not bring everything home. Yeah, you got to button up yep. some stuff. You got to get some track time in with it so you can get some more practice so that you put a score on the board. Got to um, drive with the homies at yeah. some point. Yep. I saw you put some ground effects on the car. Finally, yeah. So I, had the, <laughs> I bought Underglow and we were building the car over the winter. And David at Arizona Motorsports Wiring provisioned the, his whole chassis harness for Underglow, put the pigtail on the Underglow kit, kit gave me a, a plug-in point at the back and the front, gave me the switch. Like it, The car was all wired for it. Literally all I had to do was mount the tubes under the car, which is like a self-tapping screw and a little P-clamp. And Am I, I assuming that the other the step to that is not be lazy? <laughs> Yeah, it took, me half the <laughs> it took me half the season to get motivation to just self-tap a couple of screws into the car and plug, plug in the lights, literally. Didn't have to go in and out of the car like through bulkheads. It's all already wired. I was extremely lazy. But now they're on there. Uh, drove it with them on for the first time this past week in a wild horse. And I'm, uh, I'm really kicking myself for not having them sooner. They look good. Well, I mean, how often are you in competition in the dark? I don't know the timing for the next two rounds, honestly, but I have a feeling that Atlanta might have been the only night round. And if, it, if that's the case, I'm even more sad. I'd probably guess that because of the fact that it was earlier in the season and the next one's going to be in August and it, you know, still gets dark at like 730 or, or 830 yep. at night. Sorry, 830 at night because it's the East Coast time zones and central yeah, time zones. And everyone central. goes in daylight savings time <laughs> yeah so there's a high chance they won't be in the dark but i actually don't know i haven't looked that closely at the, at the schedule like at the time slots so maybe i'll be pleasantly surprised maybe it'll run in the evening maybe i'll qualify cool. and win win a bunch of battles and get all the way to the finals when it's later in the day and they can turn the lights on that's good motivation actually i think you should just have the lights on in general yeah i'll keep them on practice with the power drain they're <laughs> <laughs> led super low power. that's shh, no there's still power drain you must practice <laughs> with the power drain <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like when you you go running with the weighted vest so you can increase your speed. Just just do that. You're oh man, enough. I did that in high school for cross country. It, it, it's a, or like swinging with the weight on the bat for batting practice yep. and the weight off. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's such a good feeling. Or wearing right. ten kilo or uh, ten kilograms of of just weighted clothing so that you can kick people's asses in the world martial arts tournament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or or using protection your whole life until you finally do it without it. <laughs> <laughs> amplifies everything <laughs> i can feel everything <laughs> claws are kicking in yeah <laughs> yes oh yeah so uh, we do normally talk about what we're drinking um i've got some uh tin cup and a course light and we got the claws boys over there yep getting all mango. closed up mango claws black cherry claws <laughs> It's not an FD podcast if you're not drinking the claws. 
Oh man, it's also not a, a douchebag pool party if you're not drinking claws. Don't forget that. Nah. Right. They're essential. Okay. Oh, uh, what's up next? Uh, what's next is why did you start drifting, Andrew? Um, yeah, okay. we, we deal deal <laughs> into the hard questions. The question yes. I get asked the most, and I always see it like I, I don't have a scripted answer yet. Okay, I've loved cars since I was born. Like cars have always been my passion. Anything I want, I'm doing, I want to be doing something that revolves around engines, something that goes. Whether it's were you born cars, Ricky Bobby style? Some yep. like that, but a little less cringy. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so so cars are the passion. But growing up and going through high school and everything, I, I always struggled to express my personality, my style. I was always very reserved. I was kind of nervous to like dress uh, in anything that could be even close to like edgy or, or like a personal style. I, was, I always played it very safe. So I was looking for a way to express myself, my personality, um, my creativity and everything. And this sport of drifting comes along, which is a motorsport, all centered around basically your personal flair, your personality, your car styling, your driving style, everything is a show for the crowd instead of just a uh, lap time, so to speak, I even sort of speak, objectively speaking, not lap times. Um, so just the perfect fit. So I uh, got a little taste of it here when I moved here from Cleveland, Ohio, and it absolutely stuck. Can't get rid of it because it's so addicting. It's that, That's why I started. It offered me that outlet I was always looking for to express myself. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that seemed very yeah. personal and touching, yeah, actually. Kind of a, kind of a, yeah. It's a little bit more personal than it, and uh, and sobby and, and teary than we normally get here on the podcast. <laughs> the outlet for aggression, the outlet for for artistic side, my personality, everything, style. It's just that's how I get it all out there is through drifting. Okay, which do you love more, drifting or anime? I love drifting more than I love anime, but <gasps> there's nothing I love more than mixing anime style and characters with vehicles they just seem to go so well together okay so your first one was hatsune miku is that correct yeah my first uh my first dabbling in the world of atasha was hatsune miku which is a very standard character choice i feel like very mainstream but she's for a reason she's it's mainstream ish i'm actually surprised at how many people i run across that have absolutely no idea who she is they just have (laughs) seen like the figurines or something like that they have no idea what it is that she does or anything I feel like anyone who is in any way more in the world of anime than as soon as they get past like Dragon Ball Z, anyone who is the first step outside of just mainstream what we got in America, I think Hatsune Miku is one of the first characters they are exposed to. That's my feel. That's the vibe I get. I think it's how old you are. How old are you, Andrew? I'm 27. Yeah, you're even younger (laughs) than Chris. You're both little babies. Yeah. (laughs) You're just fucking old. No Wait till wonder. you're on welfare. You'll be wishing you were the younger one. Yeah. Or not well. I'm sorry. Social security. <laughs> <laughs> if social security is still around when either of us are are of age to get social security. Right. <laughs> so oh, yeah, Hatsune Miku, and then you did another one, Hatsune Miku. Right. Two Hatsune so Mikus? First, That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. First okay. Hatsune Miku was uh, still paint. Um, Eleven's Paint and Fiber was a shop I used to work with when my car was all paint and not a wrap. And then the first Hatsune Miku livery was individually laid graphics over the paintwork. And then I went and I um, developed a relationship with Colorbomb Wraps and they started designing a full printed wrap livery, which was again Hatsune Miku, but this time a lot with a lot more detail, a lot more crazy, uh, more detail than you can get with unless you want to really kill yourself uh, laying individual yes. pieces of vinyl. And then after my first Hatsune wrap with Colorbomb, 
we I redesigned again with Color Bomb, and we did a Air Deck Seven theme, which was my um, my wife Sophia's idea to do Air Deck Seven because it offers these two different polarizing characters, um, which are oh, and I can't remember their names now. What's well, Erica? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I forget what the other one is too. It's the yeah. they they started showing like for the next movie, like the second movie, and I'm just like, oh, they're all playing soccer. I don't really care about this. <laughs> yeah, those movies were not next, good. But anyway, that was the next livery we did, um, and that gave us the opportunity to try this something different and do like a side to side kind of thing where we split the card on the middle and one side was dedicated to Air Deca uh, with the blue theme, and then the other side was dedicated to the Pink redheaded chick yeah. uh, it was dope oh, was it anemone anemone that's it the other side was anemone you would think that we would uh, remember that so considering fear. the entire thing is like weird cell like things and whatnot and it's anemone yeah. which is yeah <laughs> God, now that i remember i like i can't believe i forgot her name um is sophia so yeah, there does she want to say hi she's like down the hall in the actual computer room Sims, i think it's <laughs> <laughs> all tile floors and it echoes really well so she can hear me clear as day I could kind of hear her. I just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our house has really good acoustics. The, okay, so the, we'll we'll hold real quick on that. The Areca Seven and uh, you know having Areca and Anemone, as we just talked about, was a dope ass rap. And that was the last one that you did where it wasn't like fully sponsored and stuff, right? Correct. That was the year between when I got when I won my my. When I won my Formula Drift license uh, through the Southwest Drift Series, between that season and entering Pro 2, I had a season where I didn't compete to kind of start preparing for the season of Pro 2, and that was the rep during that that time. So the sponsors were a little less heavy. I uh, didn't have, like, a title sponsor in the car or anything like that. So now we're on to... What is our rap now? Now is no game, no life theme, which is by far my favorite. Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to change it after this. Uh, <laughs> We, we did away with the side to side. It's it's symmetrical again. And it's, like I said, no game, no life uh, featuring the Jabril character on the quarter panels, which uh, the man by the name of Coffee Art on Instagram designed. Uh, he drew the character for, for Colorado to use with their livery. And uh, in my little Instagram tag on the quarter window is uh, a Shiro character holding the little Schulte underscore 216 <laughs> sign. So it all kind of ties together. <laughs> I remember I remember watching when you put that on because you put that on when you were in Atlanta, right? Or was it Orlando? Yeah. Orlando. Or like I remember seeing that pop up of like of like you like after you just put it on and you're like panning over it and I'm like, oh my mm -hmm. god. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. Only Kobe slaps here in Phoenix uh, printed that out. It was just a, like a, a gift. And nice. It's, it's dope. I love it so much because it just using the same characters from the show just ties it together. Super nice. Um, but yeah, this rap is just. Uh, I just Kelly Rum said, "All right, we want to continue working together um, and, and doing your livery and going into Formula Drift, but we we would like we want create full creative control. Like you tell us." The theme, whatever we know, you we know you want to stick with the Atasha stuff, but just let us do our thing. You just sit back and we'll see what we come up. You'll see what we come up with. So I did that, and I'm super happy I did because they <laughs> killed it. I love the colors. It's so vibrant. It reminds me of uh, like some of the Arizona sunsets with like deep, super vibrant pinks and purples and blues. And the whole front half of the car is like this awesome like coral color that I love so much. And they did the detail work with like um, they put the little like 
glowing feathers coming off of Jabril's wings going around to the back of the car and like these vapor waves coming off the rear tires. It just, it's so, so good. I love it. See, the worst thing is, is that while you don't want to change it at all, now they have to think of something to outdo themselves because they're like, oh shit, Schulte really (laughs) liked it. We need to make something even better now. (laughs) They set the bar too high. I... (laughs) Maybe I'm worried about all the, all the people who love seeing all the different deliveries. They're like, Oh dang, what's next. It's going to be so dope. And I'm Wait, over here. Like I, I want it. This, you got to have I a new one each season, man. Yeah. Got to change it up. It's That's a lot. It works. Like, it's a lot of, man, it's a lot of work to change this every season. <laughs> yeah. But are they using 3M material or are they using something else? Oh gosh. I'm probably, I probably shouldn't try to give an answer to that because I'm not 100% certain. I know if it's, it's not 3M material, it's probably only going to last the year. So <laughs> you're probably going to need to change it. <laughs> I know they use all like real top shelf quality. Um, well, there's, there's other ones, but like sure. there's what's considered like permanent wrap material. I, mm-hmm. my side job, like my company, we, we work with that stuff for a living for our fleet. <laughs> so, uh, there's like permanent stuff. That's like, it's going to stay on there. And then there's temporary stuff that's designed to last for a year. Okay. I bet you uh, they nice. went that route so that you have to switch it up. <laughs> Is that as far as like the material itself or like the, the color adhesive. adhesive? It's the adhesive itself. It's, gotcha. it's designed to be a more temporary set. So it stays on for a while. I don't know. I'm not going to, it's not anything that's like skimping on anything like that it's just it's all depends on what you're what you're designing and what you're applying it for so yeah, if you're you looking for like a like, yeah if you're looking for it to be there forever or at least be there for like five years which is considered permanent for it that would be like the high-end 3m material but if you okay. want to change it every year there's no point in splurging double the price for it i bet you they that's true that. Do you, want it? <laughs> you gotta go with a new one may i suggest Lude solar system. Lude solar system. <laughs> <laughs> Earth Chan. Yeah, and, and, and off in the distance, you can have Black Hole Chan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm not as big of a weeb as people assume that I am because of my <laughs> I'm actually not following this. I would have figured that you would have been up on like meme culture, though. Okay, so there's Earth Chan, which is like basically it's a whole thing about how the earth isn't flat or the earth is flat. Who knows Um, where it's, it's an anime character that has, that has like earth colored hair. um, And she talks about whether or not she wears a NASA t-shirt. And then when they found that first black hole, everybody looted the black hole. It's not so much being a weeb. It's just the internet being the internet. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not, with that one and i, oh, I would have yeah. thought that i'm pretty up to date i mean I, i'm on reddit and everything but all i see now currently is our area 51 memes and i can't get away from them <laughs> but they're the they're best everywhere. memes yeah, i'm i'm still over it. Oh all day all day every day it's just back and forth of that in multiple group chats of just different <sighs> area 51 memes that pop up there's no it's not even any variety all literally my feed everything all i see is area 51 I don't know, man, that that one that Chris sent me a little bit ago with Mulder and Scully talking about talking about it. And then it's like, how could Facebook allow this? And then you see alien overlord Zuckerberg going perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Soon, my brothers. (laughs) There's some really, really good ones. Actually, the uh, the battle plan one is really good where it's talking about how all the Kyles hopped up on monster are coming in one way. All the Naruto runners are coming in another. The Karens are coming in one way. <laughs> like it's just, and then all the rest of us just sneaking in the back. 
<laughs> yeah, I do actually like the battle plan ones. In my head, it's like naming all the different groups of people that they want to see eliminated and then everyone else, all the normal people can sneak in. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen, though, that Rolling Rock has jumped on it? Oh, have they? Yes. Yes. Rolling Rock has jumped on the bandwagon for it. Um, so they they posted their own like uh, their own take on the people going for or the people like invading. And it's like everyone just drinking Rolling Rock and having fun. However, there is a post that came up earlier today that it or that came up on the 12th. It says, yo, the powers that be said that if we get 33,333 likes on this post right here, they will send us with all the beer we can carry. The interns are trying to party with aliens who's coming with us. They're at 11,000 <laughs> likes right now. Very nice. Very nicely done. <laughs> I like how the Air Force actually had to come on saying like, don't do this. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a whole thing in, a, in another group chat that I'm in where like we started talking about oh. it and laughing. And then one of the guys goes, but... Here's the real question. Who are they going to have to call in for security? Because the U.S. armed forces are not allowed to uh, are not allowed to operate against civilians on American or American soil. So they have to either call in the military police, whatever amount of military police there are there, or they have to call in the National Guard, <laughs> bail out the Air Force. <laughs> That's a very interesting point. And I said there, I was like, no, that's not right. And then I was reminded that the person that was telling me that is in the Navy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, you probably do know that. <laughs> so, yeah, they have to call in either whatever, like, you know, like 20 MPs that they have there to take down all 40,000 Naruto runners and, and Kyle's hopped up on Monster. <laughs> or they have to call in the National Guard to drive an hour and a half northwest of Las Vegas to take down Naruto <laughs> runners and Kyle's hopped on Monster. <laughs> This is what America is. <laughs> anything, anything to take our minds off of all the other utter bullshit that's happening in yep. the world right now. So that's right. I, I'm not really that mad about it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's a fair point. You know, just keep ourselves in our happy bliss with memes. Hey, and if <sighs> anything comes out of this, it's the memes. The memes have been yes. great. <laughs> Yes. I was telling Chris, though, that if they planned it properly, they would have done it on September 19th so that all of the One Piece fanatics could have come in and tried to gum gum them way back into Area 51 as well, too. Because September 19th is National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, dang. They got all those One Piece weebs to go in there and just go nuts on that. <laughs> they would double their numbers and it would be great. <laughs> I actually knew that that was National Talk Like a Pirate Day, too, because we have a guy at work who uh, allegedly LARPs in, like, pirate format. <laughs> allegedly? So, allegedly LARPs? I never witnessed it, but that's the, the, the rumor going around work that goes around work. And uh, so, yeah, people always talk about when it's National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Like, I wonder if he's going to do it. <laughs> I, I, I remember, I think it was the second National Talk Like a Pirate Day. So this is back in, like, 2001, I want to say. <laughs> I was managing a, uh, a CompUSA in Paradise Valley, and one of my employees came in. They're like, hey, tomorrow's National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Can can we, you know, like, dress up and talk like pirates? And it's like, then I'm like, if you want to do that, make it red-themed and go right ahead, dude. They're like, what? So, like, I had, like, six employees that came in on the 19th <laughs> and dressed like pirates Way and talked like pirates with customers all day long. Nobody <laughs> knew what the fuck was going on. And it was Plus great. 10 management <laughs> skills to you. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's one of the perks of being a manager at like 21. Yes. Are <laughs> you want this compact? <laughs> oh, we had a compact. We had a game. Would you like this iPack, sir? That's right, iPack. <laughs> Before the iPad, there was the iPack. <laughs> Not familiar. Oh dear God! <laughs> do you, do you know what a Palm Pilot is? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it came out after Palm Pilots. Oh, <laughs> Palm okay. Pilots were monochrome screens running Palm OS. Compacts were little were like uh, tablet or not tablets, but they were handhelds made by Compaq, hence the mm-hmm. iPack. Um, I remember those. They now. had a color screen and ran Windows CE, and they were oh. the fucking shit back then. Yeah, with color their screen. whopping. 128 megabytes of memory. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cooking now. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking with gas. <laughs> We've talked about that many times on this podcast of like how sad it is that I remember when 100 megabytes was a large hard drive. Jesus. I remember selling them. I'm not even a computer nerd and I'm, and I'm <laughs> totally on, on the same page as you here. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then I get people like I, I would have uh, tech people who are like, well, I remember when like, you know, like 512K was big. I'm like, I remember that, too. Deal with it. You're not that old. <laughs> I remember so, yeah. 120 megahertz being super fast. I remember 33 megahertz <laughs> was super fast. <laughs> now they're talking about overclocking like ninth generation processors to 5.9 gigahertz using liquid nitrogen. <laughs> Schulte's eyes are glassing over his like, head. <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've got like formulas and numbers and equations going in front of my eyes right now. I don't know. <laughs> Just always remember, if, if M B G. Yeah, Just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board there. <laughs> okay, so Schulte, what do you do for your day job then? Uh, yes, I'm a powertrain test technician at the Nissan Proving Grounds here south of Phoenix. So I uh, instrument cars and go and collect powertrain-related data, analyze it, give it to engineers. It's, you know, I mean, it's pretty cool. We work with, like, prototypes and stuff, so it's cool to see the behind-the-scenes of, like, the development process of vehicles. But it's kind of secluded and, yeah. Way the fuck under, out there. Yeah, behind closed doors, and it gets kind of gets kind of lonely. Do you get to drive them? Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. That's good. <laughs> Except I work from Nissan, so you know, it's not super spectacular. <laughs> I can't cut that. You realize that, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. No, we have to work with a degree. <laughs> got your Sentras, got your Altima. Some of them could be if you got to drive like a Skyline or something. Like They're like, oh, yeah, we got this new Skyline engine that we're going to do. Or sorry, I've GTR. Done, I've done some time data with the GTRs. Uh, Something like zero to 60s and 50 to 70 times for uh, verification that they were meeting the target times they're supposed to meet. And that was that was a really good week at work, for sure. Nice. And then I did some nice. some of that data with some competitors, uh, GTR competitors. So some other really fun cars. So, yeah, it has its, it has its perks, for sure. It has its ups. And then it has its, its days when you're driving verses around and just kind of like hating life. <laughs> OK, do you have to drive them to the desert, though? No. Um, so there are there are drivers we specifically hire to go and drive routes outside of the property, like um, various routes to different cities around Arizona and whatever to get put miles on the cars. Um, but the technicians uh, who work in test groups there do not really do that so much. We do yeah. our testing on property at the on the test track that we have there. Or if we need a different climate, they'll do a, a test trip to somewhere with like, say, cold climate or high elevation or whatever we need. But not usually just go and drive around the desert now. 
<laughs> well, see, you're lucky then. I, a friend I went to high school with started working for Volkswagen um, sometime around like 2021 when they had their proving grounds out in the deserts here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And he, he would drive his Volkswagen cars around just in the desert for heat, like in the middle of the summer. And invariably, the first thing to always go would be the one thing that Germans don't think that you really need to invest a lot of money into. Couple air conditioning. Oh. <laughs> He'd be out in the middle of the desert <laughs> with no AC in the middle of July. Gross. They still have a test track here, by the way. It's still it's it's, it's still like way the fuck out there. The from us. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah, there are neighbors. <laughs> yeah, so I always felt really bad for him. I was like, that's like both the best and the worst job possible because he was some some of the times he had to like beat up the cars to see like yeah. what their suspension could handle and like how long it would last. So he would go on like washboard roads and whatnot, but it was still mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. bad. That's actually yeah. that's Sophia works there with me and she's in the durability group. They do the stuff like that, all the destructive stuff. She seems from everything that I've seen like that kind of crazy person. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. loves it. She she seems that kind of crazy. But the kind of crazy about- that we like. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. No, it's the best kind. Um, <laughs> talking about no air conditioning in the summer, though, specifically since I work in powertrain, you know, in order to get the correct powertrain performance when you're testing, we, we can't test with air conditioning on. Yes. <laughs> so all the, all, the, all the tests I run, all the data I collect, it's all air conditioning off. There's a little bit of a saving grace, though, which is that we can't test over a certain temperature. So when it gets, you know, we, we, we aren't out there when it's 115 because it's just too hot to drive anyway. So it's kind of a nice cutoff. But, yeah, we... I have to, I have to be windows up, no air, just in there. And data, until I'm done. You, yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there, and you're probably going to hate me for this. Hey, Nissan, it's really good to know what your numbers are when you're driving at 115 and how long the car can last. You should probably test that stuff. Yeah, we need to do some <laughs> prolonged high speed testing. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> long high speed testing at 115, 120 <laughs> miles an hour. I didn't know. It, that does happen, actually. <laughs> Just not with you guys. I, I have not driven that test, no. <laughs> but that is a test. It's like a wide open something, wide open throttle test for however oh, long Jesus. they run. They just run around and they'll just pin for a certain amount of times. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out where I get, yep. for some reason, I get better gas mileage in the summertime than I do in the wintertime, even though the engine runs cooler. I don't know what it is. It could just be worse traffic, but that could just be me. I don't know. Chris is getting a new truck soon. I am. Congratulations, Chris. Are you getting a Nissan? No, not a Nissan. <laughs> <laughs> new Titan with the Cummins is pretty sick. Austin Kriegel just got one. Yeah. He, he's making good yeah. money. He ain't making that good of money. Yeah. <laughs> he's still got to support the 8-bit Miata. Come on. Chris, what are you getting, buddy? Uh, I'm getting a 2018 Ford Ranger. 20, you say 2018? 19. 19. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Brand new. Hell yeah. Yep. Brand, brand, brand new. Cool. It's being built right now. Oh, you yes, ordered it's it? Yeah. Technically yeah. being assembled as we speak. Yes. Going I, all probably out. Not actually. <laughs> Going all out. You straight up went in there and like ordered yourself, like you're ordering a pizza, spec'd it out and whatever you want. Yep. Dang, sick. I did see a white one today on the freeway on my way home from work. And it was it was pretty pretty. I almost had like a gray one back into me today. <laughs> we have one at work, but I have never I have not seen one on the public roads yet. They're pretty. It's, it's a pretty truck. Yesterday. I'm not gonna lie. I've seen a few white <laughs> yeah, ones. They do look pretty good. Ford's been doing a good job recently. Yeah, 
They usually do a good job with trucks. It's cars that have been kind of hit or miss. And then they did that whole thing where they bought Aston Martin, stole the front nose, and then sold Aston Martin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ford's been in bed with a lot of people. <laughs> so. Yeah. Ford's really they, gotten they, around. Yeah, they, they get around, you know, like your slutty sister. Um, yeah, now they're in bed hey, with Volkswagen. So they, so they get around. They literally get around like your slutty sister then. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Lauren is a saint. You just said you have a slutty sister. No, no, I said I actually have a sister. Oh. <laughs> I was speaking <laughs> metaphorically. Gosh. Not literally. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they've they've done a lot, so. Uh, yeah, they've gotten a lot better with their trucks. I mean, although their trucks have always been pretty good in the grand scheme of things. And they're canceling on their cars anyway, except for the Mustang. <laughs> yep. They kind of need to. Yeah. They're all kind of shit. They need to redo all of it. You know what yeah. they need to bring back? They, we had those? Yeah. We, yeah, they had a uh, Ranchero. Oh, Ford Ranchero back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. There's like the El Camino. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. need to bring back Utes, man. I want I want the GM Utes from Australia. I want those here. Yeah. I the want some of the Ford Utes that they have there. They actually have Ford Utes in Australia. And right. they're pretty fucking fast. Like you throw a, You throw a Coyote engine in a Ute, that's a fast pickup truck right there. What are those? Uh, the Commodores? I think so. Yes. Yes, Commodore, I think that's Commodore right. Commodore Ute style, and they have a sedan style. Something like that. That sounds right. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say Schulte is correct on that. It's either a Commodore or Falcon, I think, one of those. I don't know. I might be wrong. If you have Schulte would be right on everything study. tonight except for the cereal. So Thank that's you. okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. Speaking so of, what, Speaking of your audience and your listeners, like, do, they, do you think the people uh, watching, listening to your podcast really know much about drifting? But that's actually what I was gonna. I was gonna segue a little bit into that. I was actually gonna say, what is your favorite part about drifting in general? Giving people rides who have never been in a drift car. Oh, okay. So now that I, I was thinking that I was gonna segue into like certain things about drifting. So, Chilton, <laughs> can you explain drifting to people? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's just, let's just ask the actual pointed question. Yes. Um, and why it is that th- why it is that you would make them shit their pants or jizz their pants, one of the two, when you give them a ride. Yes. So drifting is the style of driving where you're sliding your car around the corners, ass end out, like oversteering. Um, So you need a rear wheel drive car will drift. You can slide the back of a front wheel drive car, but you can't sustain it. So it's essentially a giant rolling burnout through roads with corners um, in its most simple form that is drifting. So to put that into the perspective of a competitive sport, what happens is and I should mention this originated on the, the toge passes in around uh, around Japan, where two cars would battle their way down the toge pass downhill, sliding around the corners. Um, Hence, uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Yeah, something like yeah, a yeah, similar format. To that. so that's that's what set up the format for how to put drifting in a competitive mode. Uh, where now in a drift competition, what you have is a bracket setup. So you got one uh, one side of a bracket and the other side of a bracket, and you're you're paired up with your competitor. And there's a a to point A to point B course. Usually it takes about 20, 30 seconds to run this this course. And uh, the cars run the course. One car leads, one car chases. Traditionally, the chase car does not pass the lead car. And these cars are judged as they go through the course, uh, sliding the entire time. If you if you stop drifting through the course, you, you 
tail. You get a, you get a big old L. So <clears throat> one car leads, one chases. The lead car is judged based on parameters set by the judges uh, in the respects of speed, angle, style, um, proximity to certain points they have set up throughout corners, either an inside clipping point where you try to put your front bumper as close to this inside point in a corner as possible and outside clipping zones where you try to slide your the rear of your car as deep into this outer zone near the outside edge of the track as possible. And the chase car is judged based on how well they're able to mirror and stay close to the lead car. So these two cars run, they're each individually judged on their criteria and they swap places and the chase car now leads the leads the lead car now chases and then the judges decide who is the better showman and who moves on to the next bracket and you work away you work your way down through the brackets to the finals and that's how you win a drift competition completely subjectively judged by others it's it's gymnastics with cars yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty it's accurate uh, synchronized swimming, any of those both cars, yeah. Synchronized swimming sucks. Gymnastics <laughs> is awesome, though, so we'll go with gymnastics <laughs> with cars. Yeah, yeah it's a bit more <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Okay, so th- that is what Andrew does in his spare time? Yeah, I wish it was my day job. I wish it was my, my main source of income, but it's actually not even a source of income. It's how I spend all my money. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, you know, everything's got to start somewhere. So it's true. It's a okay. And on that front, um, it, and I mean, shit, we don't make any money off of this and we've been doing this nope. for years. <laughs> it's true. Everything is a labor of love. Uh, doing, doing it on your own dime as opposed to being a hundred percent paid for like, yeah. and just doing it as a job shows dedication to the craft and yeah. just dedication right. to being, to having fun. And I, I want to be doing it because I'm doing it for the passion that I'm doing because I love to do it. So if, if one day it turns into something where I can kind of make make a living off of it, then that's just a bonus. That'd be awesome. But at this point, this is this is how I enjoy my free time. Underneath the car, trying to figure <laughs> yes. out what's wrong with it. Most of the time. <laughs> Actually, this year has not been too bad. We have such a solid car this year. I really haven't had to get under it much at all uh, besides changing the oil. So that's yeah, really So it. who are some of your partners that help you put Together, this car. Uh, the biggest key players in making the car as solid as it is this year is obviously Lingenfelter Performance Engineering. They blueprinted the entire engine for the car. We still have an LS-based engine that I've had for the past like five years, um, but it's actually all new. We, we took out the old LS2 that was in it last year, and Lingenfelter built a brand new, fresh LS7-based high-compression NA setup. NA meaning no turbos, no superchargers, no nitrous. And so. I think we need to go a little lower you on know, the explanation in that. Okay. that. An LS so, is a Corvette engine, everybody. Correct. These are <laughs> engines from General Motors vehicles, mainly the Corvette uh, or the Camaro GTO. Those those V8s that those cars use. But these, the one that Lingenfelter Performance Engineering built is a very hopped up version of one of those. Hey, just... Just saying that it's got an LS7 in it is actually something. And then a hopped up version of that is just like bananas. And yeah, everybody that wild. I've shown the pictures and video, and you need to show more pictures and video of just the engine because it gets lost in your feed and it gets hard to find to show people. But everyone that I've shown of like, look at this fucking engine, listen to this sound. There's like, oh, yeah. holy oh. shit. <laughs> oh, you're, you're absolutely right. Actually, I do need to post more pictures of the powertrain because it's, it's, oh, I drew over it. And yeah, it makes the best noises. They, it's got this big old cam in it, super high compression, so in, in a wide open 
exhaust with no no sound deadening, no baffles or muffles in it at all. It just it sings. It's so good. I had a friend. And you're in the second drift car they sponsored, and the first non GM car they sponsored. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Nice. So Dirk Stratton was their first step into the world of drifting. Uh, Lingenfelter has been much more traditional up to this point with drag racing and some autocross and very traditional stuff like that. And they work with um, primarily GM motors in GM chassis, being the Corvette or such. So they got into drifting with Dirk Stratton, who is in the pro one field up with the likes of like Bond Gittin Jr. and all the big guys. He drives a Corvette. So it was a very safe entrance for Lingenfelter into the sport of drifting, sticking with the chassis they know. And uh, Pro and One being top Pro dog. One being the top tier division. You're in Pro Two, which is just below tier. top dog. Correct. So I'm in the Formula Drift series, which is the professional series, but that yep. series is split into two tiers. One it's and like two. It's like a it's like a double A or triple A ball exactly. right before you get to yeah. the show. You could get called up at any moment. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like <laughs> different all these different analogies that we can put into it to make everybody that's listening to this go, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. you're on call for the good shift. <laughs> for so serving and then they call you in you're like i'm gonna make like 500 bucks tonight <laughs> i don't like know what, what other analogies can we do with that <laughs> uh, blank. it's like you're sitting there just waiting to eat hot dogs <laughs> and someone says hey come eat hot dogs <laughs> you're like yes <laughs> yeah, i can't no, think of actually, any other good analogies actually, for that it's the perfect parallel. <laughs> like, oh man, I you're seeing it out back, but then someone's like, "Hey, you want to go to Fleming's?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fleming's has openings right now. Christ. Or, hey, uh, Capital Grill has openings right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm getting very hungry. Mmm, steak. Um, but yes, I started. They started with Third Stratton at Fleming's, and then they. Uh, and then I approached them at SEMA last year and said, hey, you, you have a, a guy in, in Pro One at Fleming Steakhouse over here. <laughs> He's doing awesome. If you're if you are, you know, if you're interested in continuing in drift and want to expand more, I suggest why don't we why don't you work with a Pro Two guy, mainly me, the, the Outback Steakhouse guy. <laughs> In a car. Okay, in we, a car you don't, you don't need to continue with the analogy. Okay. It's just belittling it's, you a little crazy. bit now. <laughs> so, I thought it was yeah. fun at first. It kind of feels a little sad. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm myself sad too. I mean, at least you're not the you're not the Denny's chicken fried steak guy. So that's right. There's still you can still go below. That, that, that's me. I'm that guy. <laughs> That's the eight bit Miata. Yeah. <laughs> you're not even chicken fried steak, dude. You're just you're just flat grill steak. I'm so I'm Waffle House. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. Yeah. whoa. Did you just okay. say the Waffle House was lower than Denny's? I think I did. Oh, fucking Unless it's three AM. Sophia and I almost left the fire. house at ten thirty last night and I work night to go to Waffle House. I don't <laughs> see what the problem is with that. I was too lazy. She was Waffle down. House is delicious. I love Waffle House. My <laughs> no, wife can't understand why I love Waffle House so much. <laughs> it gets you through your darkest times. Your darkest nice Waffle House is always there. Lights are always on. I will eat Waffle House at 1130 in the morning on a weekday. I will go there for lunch at work. Which is the most abnormal time, actually, to go to a Waffle House. It really yeah, is. Yeah, but it's great. It's so delicious. <laughs> so it speaks volumes to your dedication to Waffle House. I have a, a coworker that that loves Waffle House as much as me. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll go to Waffle House. 
<laughs> Anywho, so mm-hmm. engine. Yes, engine Ling and Flemings. Lingenfelds are like my pitch. So they've signed me on. I'm their I'm their second driver in the in the in the world of drifting. First first driver without a GM car. I have a Nissan vehicle. Um, so they're they're probably the biggest key in this car's reliability this year. And then um, Bad Apple Motorsports is a group of guys here in Phoenix who um, have a shop. The they have a shop behind their house. I wouldn't really call it a commercial business. It's it's like a it's a private shop they built on on their property behind their house. But they like help out all the local homies, their friends. They do they do side jobs and things like that out of it. Um, they allowed me to use their shop space. Um, and have their help over the whole winter to build the whole car. So without them in their space and the lift and all of their knowledge and skills, like I don't know how to weld or do any of that stuff, but they do. Um, they helped me really put this car together the right way instead of holding it together with zip ties and bubble gum, which is, would have been what would have happened if I put it together in my garage like I had in years past. Uh, so that's another huge key is having their support to lean on and their, their, uh, their dedication to, our, to my cause and, and helping me build this car the correct way so what everything part of the valley tight. are they it's in it's all built right what's up what part of the valley are they in i'm in no they bad the, apple in the southeast part of the valley like queen creek oh okay and i'm in chandler so i'm not you know super not, far. not too far away no. yeah so that that was another big key and then uh fortunato i've been with fortunato they make um coilover suspension components dampers and springs uh, I've been with them for a few years now. Um, going into the Formula Drift, they upgraded me from my. I mean, I, I know a lot of your audiences know drifting too well. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it all as if they do know. They upgraded me from my Fortunato 510 series uh, single way dampening control coilovers up to the Pro 2 Dreadnought two way coilovers, which allow you to adjust the compression dampening and the rebound dampening independently of each other, and you can just really dial in the way that the chassis behaves to a, a whole new level. Basically, um, allowing you to. F- to adjust how level the car stays when right. you go Where into the, crazy ass like shifts and shit like that. Exactly. It, it allows you to fine tune where the weight moves as the car moves and how fast the weight moves to those spots. I'm which, pretty good at putting shit into layman's terms. Yeah, <laughs> and by controlling where the weight's moving and how fast it's moving to those areas and how fast it's coming off of those areas, it really has a huge difference on the car's behavior as it's driving. So that's made the car a lot easier to drive and, and just feel a lot more settled and set up. Uh, those things are fantastic. Um, and We Don't Lift Racing is another local partner. Ravi owns a shop here called We Don't Lift Racing. He's Which you just got something special from them recently. Yes, they specialize in motorsport safety gear. Um, so driving suit, seats, harnesses, fire suppression, all this safety related stuff. And one thing, I, the latest little toy I just got from them is something I've been wishing I've had for years, which is a, a water cooling system for underneath my driving suit to help keep me cool in the car. I just thought of something. Have you just, have you thought about taking it to work yet? Yes, many times. <laughs> I've, I've driven the car to work in years past. Uh, when it no, had no, its... not the car, just the vest. Because oh, it's summertime in Phoenix right now. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I just I just blew Schulte's mind. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of ideas in my head. Especially if you have to test with the air conditioning off. You, you got to test it. You, mm-hmm. you, you'll be like, I, I can kill two birds with one stone, boss. It's totally cool. Right. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for that. Anywho, yes. You got, you got a kick-ass, like, cooling vest. Yeah. That's, that's thanks to We Don't Lifting. And my mom. I'm not even going to try yes. to hide it. My mom Mama Schulte. My 
yeah. yeah. Shout out to mom. She, she came out and visited recently and I, she wanted to ride in the drift car. So, uh, we went up to my buddy Nick's shop that he just opened for a little grand opening. And she, when she got out of the car and experienced the heat firsthand, she got out and said, what are those, what are those things you were talking about in, in Atlanta that you wanted those suit cooling things? And it's, Oh yeah. Cool shirt. She's like, okay, well I'm buying you one. You can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> and does mama live in Ohio still? Yes. So she does not understand the heat that is Arizona. She does now. (laughs) (laughs) Or she did not understand, I guess. That (laughs) would be the big big term for it. Because that was also, that was last weekend. That was a really fucking hot weekend, right? Oh, yeah. Or a weekend ago. Yeah, it was like two weekends ago, I think. Just after 4th of July. It was right as our actual summer heat, like, finally kicked in this year. Yeah. (laughs) It was like 112, 114 degree weather. Yes. She lost lost a few pounds. God. <laughs> okay. Uh, we don't lift. Next. So there's Landfelter, there's Fortune Auto, there's the Bad Apple Motorsports guys, there's We Don't Lift, um, Extreme Wheels. I've been, they're another local shop. I have a lot of like local homies helping out with this car. Um, and they deal with, with, uh, they're a wheel supplier. They, they sell a bunch of different brand name wheels uh, and you can get tires to them too. Um, shipped nationwide. So they help me get a hold of all the supply of wheels I need because in drifting, obviously you're burning through tires very quick, but you also need to drive pretty often. So you don't have time to dismount tires and mount new ones on the wheels. So you have to have a set like 10, at least 10 wheels for the back of your car already with tires mounted on them. So thanks to them, I was able to get all the wheels I need to be able to be prepared at these events and have tires already mounted up. So that's a huge part in keeping this car on the track and keeping myself from scrambling all over the place and wearing myself out, trying to keep the thing going, not having to, to work so hard at it. Sorry. As you're talking about how many tires I'm, I'm mentally remembering your drive back from Michigan and when your tire rack like just fell inside your trailer. God, someone, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So I have this enclosed trailer and I have tire racks mounted up on the walls so I can keep all the tires mounted. Cause how many tires do you have? Well, I have 12 wheels and then the, the tires will meet me at the track. Are, are, you know, the driver program, the, the, sorry, the tire manufacturers driver programs for formula drift are set up in a way where they deliver the tires to the track for you. So you don't have to carry tires in your trailer, okay. but if you don't use all those tires, you have to carry them back with you. So I could have sense. anywhere. Between, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I could have anywhere between 12 tires to 30 tires in my trailer at a time. So I put up these racks that hang precariously on the wall over my car. Um, <laughs> the best possible place to have it. It's, it's the only place. I, 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 I honestly sit there and I'm like, I'm like, really? The front of the car, like the nose, the face of Marsha Brady, you're going to put the football over there. But realistically, you can't put it over the ass of the car either. That's where, like, there's lots of glass and shit. No, they are. They're over the, the yeah. rear of the car. And oh, they, I thought they were over the front of the car. <laughs> one side comes all the way up to about the A pillar, about the front. Oh, the front, okay. The front door. They're along the whole side of the trailer. So Jesus. I have those all hanging up there. And when I installed those racks, I actually put it on my Instagram story. And I said, man, I really hope these don't fall one day. And that was like a year, year and a half ago. It was a year to the day almost, I think you said. Yeah, 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 actually. It was like really close <laughs> to like the year anniversary. And someone so I remember saved swapping out some washers on there too for LSS West. Yeah, you had I had to put on some bigger washers because yeah. the bolts actually started pulling through the metal wall of the trailer from the outside trying to pull inwards Jesus with the weight. Christ. So I put these big washers on to spread the load out. But 
someone saved that, that Instagram story of me saying, I hope these don't fall one day. And when they fell on my way back from Michigan onto my car, they sent me that story. That's just, dedication just to, to give someone their cup, that their is. comeuppance. Like right there. Yeah. It's like, like yep. seriously, that's some dedication of like, I hope this doesn't fall. Oh, I'm going to fucking save this shit. Oh, Jesus. Luckily it was, yeah. it was just tires though. Right. It wasn't anything. Thank on Thank goodness. Yes. I was kind of nervous about that one anyway. So I thought I'm just going to put the tire, the naked tires on this one without wheels in them. Cause I don't, this one's kind of looking weird. So thankfully it fell and it, the, the metal arms, the rack itself doesn't have the radius to be able to hit the car hit. as it, as it swings down. And then all that fell off of it was just rubber tires. So damage was virtually non-existent. I remember so, watching like good. the, watching the Instagram story. I was like sitting on the couch and my wife sitting next to me. I'm like, <gasps> she's like, what? And I'm like, Oh my God, check this out. And I'm like hit back. I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> she's like, I it's like, what? what? I'm like, that's Schulte's car. She's like, Oh, that my, my road trips are always, there's always something going on. They're they're the most entertaining road trips. If I can your Instagram stories are going to start getting you in trouble though, because you're like all these states are passing laws where you can't record or anything or have like your phone while you're operating the vehicle. You're going to get in trouble. Right. Well, counter that. A lot of the stories I post from the road are done through my GoPro that I have mounted on the windshield. This is like, true. I post a lot of time lapses, which is just a GoPro. So I just. Well, yeah, those ones are fine. Yeah. It's the it's the ones where you're changing the music and doing shit while you're driving. That's why you need to start making a good amount of money so that the girl can re- go with you and record yes. and she doesn't have yes. to work. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but until that day, I'll keep risking my life putting out good, entertaining stories for you. Guys. <laughs> All right. So, uh, classcars.com, right? Yes. The, the bread and butter classic cars, um, the hail Mary, Oh man, this see, I, like, I think that's the last one other than us, right? <laughs> as yeah. far as the big ones. Yeah. Man, I don't even know where to start. So classiccars.com, um, a friend a friend of mine works there, Rebecca, who's also my media partner for this year, RHN Media. And um so I mean, I don't know, I I just put it put it blatantly. She she pretty much stitched that whole relationship together. Uh, she, she gave me a tip, heyclassiccars.com, which is an, an online marketplace for buying and selling vehicles primarily, as well as a, an automotive news source. Um, they said, she said they're trying to reach a younger audience um, because a lot of their current audience is in just old school muscle cars and they're all it's all 50 uh, plus guys. They're getting older. Yeah. Blue so they need, to start, <laughs> they need to start appealing to younger, a younger crowd. Um, so she said this to me, like, trying to light the light bulb off my head, which it did. And I was like, Ooh, you know, drifting younger crowd. And, and all these cars that the drifters are interested in the skylines and the, in the, the old, uh, all the JDM cars, Japanese domestic market cars that we never got. Oh, any. good job. I <laughs> started to reach this 25 year age limit where they're legal to import like the skylines and all these, all these trophy cars that we never got for sale here. Which by the way, so, it's legal to import them. If you buy it there and you're in the armed services, to anyone listening who that might affect I didn't know that. <laughs> My brother did. That's, he had the, right. he had the chance to actually get a really nice JDM Skyline while he was enlisted in Japan when he was coming back. And he's like, but then I wouldn't have been able to move everybody back. Talk about perks of a job, though. That's dope. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so, so yeah, anyway, anyway, Rebecca kind of tipped me off to that. And, uh, and I said, yeah, absolutely. This is perfect because I can start showing the people who, uh, would be in yeah, the, the markets overlap. And what I'm trying to say is the markets, they share, they share market like remarkably well, all the people watching formula drift who are seeing my car are the exact audience that they're trying to reach. So, um, Rebecca is also like a huge media wizard. So she helped me tailor my pitch and put together my, my documents. So it would be the most, would make the biggest impact for them. And, and she kind of facilitated that whole like partnership. So I can't endless thanks to Rebecca in her, in her, uh, abilities as a mediator, moderator, mediator, something like that. Nah, mediator. Sounds okay. cooler than liaison. Yeah, liaison yeah. sounds kind of dirty. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, uh, the, God, classic cars. I remember, I think it was like four years ago, I was sitting at work one day and we were, we were talking about basically like, hey, how do you want to feel old? And I looked at everybody and said, all right, I got the perfect one that I thought of earlier today. And they're like, what's that? Fox body Mustangs are considered historical classic vehicles. God, doesn't that just cut you right in the chest? Just deep. Especially considering yeah. I'm 37. Yeah. I'm 10 years older than you. Oh, yes, dang. that cuts me right to the chest. And actually, one of the things that I said was, yes, the car that Vanilla Ice drove oh. is considered a classic car. Man, I'm sorry. That the Miata is a classic car. Absolutely, chat. Please. Is it though? But is well, it a classic car? <laughs> technically, <laughs> by the law, I, it's I a can classic get historic car. plates for it. <laughs> no, don't get historic plates. Then you're limited on how many miles you can drive. I'm not going no, to. No, wait. Actually, get historic plates because then you're limited on the amount of miles that you can drive, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it all depends on how you look at Chris specifically drives his shitbox to work just so that he can complain about how hot it is outside <laughs> and how he drove his shitbox to work. God, Chris, you just want attention. He yeah. does. He's such an attention whore. <laughs> I've only driven a couple times when it wasn't too hot out. Yeah, only a couple times when it wasn't too hot out. He's driven it a few times when it was too hot out. <laughs> like from your house? Yes, like from my house, actually, up in North Phoenix. <laughs> that was a long drive. Actually, no, that yeah. was at uh, Jason's house where you, you know, started before E3. No, I've driven from your house, too, though. Oh, God, that was a horrible idea. <laughs> your old house. Oh, yes. And Chris, there were some really nice Mazda Cosmos I saw on ClassicCars.com for sale. I know. I've looked at it, too. No, no, no. <laughs> I want one. Those no. Cosmos are really good cars. No. He's already put a nice engine in his in his 8-bit Miata. He's he's good. He's good. Don't worry about it, Chris. You're fine. Don't. Don't don't get another hairdresser car. <laughs> no, Cosmo's not a hairdresser car. Are you sure it's not? Yeah. It's called, you, what's you know it called? What Cosmo is? What's it called, though? Cosmo. Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a hairdresser car? <laughs> Hang on. Maybe, maybe okay. high-end hairdresser. Hey, Cos Cosmos are delicious. Okay. <laughs> I have no shame walking to a bar and ordering a Cosmo. <laughs> Still a hairdresser uh, yeah, uh that's an old man car. Wait, I, I'm trying to find like a, a 90s Cosmo. Was that like a, a Paul Mitchell? Jesus Christ. Paul Mitchell. Oh, my God. There, there is. A, hang on. I'm, I'm looking at one that you do not want. To, I'm going to I'm going to share this so that you I'd be like, you do not want to call this one a Cosmo or say that this one is one that you want to drive that. <laughs> is that, what, is that what you want to say you're driving yeah yeah actually that's, no. a, Paul, that's a paul mitchell of cars 
No, it's not. That is an ugly piece of shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm talking about the, the older style. I'm talking like about this? the white one up there with the oh. brown. Oh, oh, oh you're talking the original Cosmos. One? Yes. Yeah, that thing's those, fucking heavy nice. as shit, though. It's all steel. Yeah, man. Yeah, with like an 80 horsepower engine. That's even worse than his little fucking, uh, his little hairdresser car. It's got a rotary. It's cool. <laughs> it's got a rotary. It's, it's only going to burn through oil. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> I just don't understand. I'm so glad that Jason is not on this podcast because he'd just be, he would either be sitting back going, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> or just yelling video game podcast. Yeah, we're yelling video game podcast. It'd be like all me the when time. you guys are talking about computer specs. <laughs> oh, we can get worse than that. Trust me. We're being I know, nice. I'm sure. No, you <laughs> to me. I, I know. I believe you. <laughs> we're being nice. Um, you know, just for that, I'm going to say this. What's the last video game you beat, Schulte? Grand Theft Auto 5. You beat it, beat it? I'm actually working on 100% completion right now. I'm at like nice. 90. Nice. Yeah. I just that's, want to props. That. that's a lot that, of time. That is. It's so tedious. You have to you have to play tennis with everyone. You have to play golf. You have to do all these boring things. That's that is way more tedious than the game that I am playing right now. Um, Which I'm playing Vampire on the PS4. It's yeah, I don't even know. A fucking it. amazing game. It takes place in 1918 England uh, during the Spanish flu epidemic. But wow. you're a vampire. Um, it shit. You're too young. Back in the 90s, Vampire the Masquerade and Werewolf were actually like really like really burgeoning on the the tabletop RPG like system. Um, They're from White Wolf, which is a whole like whole subset. Back in the 2000s, a bunch of stuff went down. White Wolf started going down, uh, but they got bought out by another company. So there's a lot of video games coming out from the Vampire series and from the Werewolf series, which actually we played a really awesome Werewolf game or saw a demo of really awesome werewolf game. We didn't get to play it cause it's in way alpha mode, um, at E3 this year, but vampire came out, uh, in March, I think it is April, no April. Um, but it takes place in 1918 and you're a vampire. That's like, that's studying, uh, your, your character is a doctor and he's trying to help solve the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. but you have to go around the entire, like the entire East end and West end of London talking to people, learning all of their secrets, doing all sorts of things, and also under uncovering like this huge vampire conspiracy behind the scenes and all sorts of shit. It's fucking awesome. That actually sounds really interesting. I need to get it, back up on my video game knowledge. Yeah, the really cool thing about it is that as you're playing through the game, um, you get XP primarily from killing people. And not like killing like bad guys, like as you're just running around and like you get stopped by uh, what's called the Prewen or Skull, which are like these weird, like super like progenerate vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, you get experience by killing people with high quality of blood, which is AKA the town folk that you're interviewing. So you have to go through and you have to, you have to unlock all of their secrets and then you have to choose who in the town dies and who lives because if you kill somebody that's too prominent in the town, then the quality of life in the town will drop down and bad things will start happening to the different sections of London. So you have to actually go through and decide after you've figured out everything and you have to learn everybody's secrets in general in order to increase the exp- the XP that you get from it. Interesting. Dang. So like that's literally really last night, right before I ended playing, um, I killed a Scotland Yard detective that 
wrongfully accused a guy of murder, realized that he wrongfully accused the guy of murder and still let the guy die. And then two weird ass uh, brothers that were sitting there doing a really bad rendition of Waiting for Godot. Yeah, good choice. Those are good. <laughs> How many times did you kill your sister? I had to kill her twice. <laughs> you have to kill your sister twice. And then to add insult to injury, the game reminds you that you had to kill your sister twice all mm. the fucking time. <laughs> And it's it's like brutal killing the sister. Like the first time like you you enter in the game or you enter into the game and you're in like this blood daze and all you can see is black and red around you and like silhouettes of people and you hear somebody calling out your name and you're walking around and your character's in such bloodlust that he just bites in and kills his sister who was looking for him. Um, and she's the the worst part is she was super excited to see him. She's like, I knew you were alive. I knew that you wouldn't that Aww. you wouldn't leave me and blah blah. And then boom, he just fucking kills her. And That's then he so comes sad. to out of the blood days, and he's like, Holy shit, what have I done? And then vampire hunters like start descending on him. And then like a third of the way into the game, you find out that your sister has been stalking you the entire time and murdering people that you've been helping because of the fact that she's now vengeful for you turning her into a vampire and she either A, wants to turn everybody in the family into vampires or B, everybody has to die. So you have to choose C, which is let your mother go and murder your sister a Maybe second some family, time. some family counseling. <laughs> yes. Jesus. But it is... The, the great thing is, is it's all about consequences. So the game itself is consequences of your actions during the game, but mm-hmm. then also... Uh, consequences of your actions of whether or not you did a good job of discerning how they feel about certain things. So you have to listen to their conversations and actually listen to really long dialogue and discern what the proper reaction would be. And you could sit there and like not give a fuck and be like, no, you're a despicable person and you should die and tell them that to their face. But then you may not get the bonus XP, but then you could still murder them and get some satisfaction out of that. To think that our parents always said video games would rot our minds. <laughs> Total opposite. The The best part is, okay, so I'm 10 years older than you, and my mom actually uh, is a big is a big progenitor of, no, actually, video games are really good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I always had a hard time reading, like not so much like, like I had a hard time reading, but I always had a hard time like actually finding the the want to read novels because they always put me to sleep, like books and everything like that. Right. But playing video games, I'm perfectly fine with. And yeah. back in the day, there wasn't voice acting. All video games was text. So she right. even t- she even told my wife like a year or two ago of like, yeah, no, I credit a lot of his learning to read to video <laughs> games and Calvin and Hobbes. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Both great he would sources. just sit there and read, and you know what? He was reading. He was reading a quote-unquote comic strip, but he was still reading, <laughs> and he was he was having a good time. And I was like, "Yes, thank you very much, mom." Cheers, cheers to mom. <laughs> okay, uh, so we talked about video games because someone tried to geek shame us. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we did. We hit on all of our all of your your sponsors other than us. Uh, Torco. Everyone, what's Torco? No, we Torco's did not. Touch on Torco. Torco Race Fuels. They're, ba- they're based another local homie. They're based here in uh, Apache Junction, Arizona, and they um, they're helping me out with fuel because obviously with this race back engine, I can no longer run pump gas like I used to run. So uh, I run this engine on an eighty five percent ethanol blend. Oh uh, Jesus! So you're running E eighty five in that? 
Yes, ethanol blended with race gas, and that is produced through Torco race fuels here in Apache Junction. Um, okay, so we're stuff. not talking traditional E85 then. Correct. Like, it's like E85. pump E85 is not with race no. fuel. No, and a lot of times pump E85 doesn't even have 85% ethanol content. Um, <sighs> but if you buy it through a, I know, shocker. Fucking A. But if you buy it through a, uh, a consistent performance supplier like Torco, you, you know that you're getting 85% ethanol. You know that the other 15% is blended with a high quality race fuel. And you know that you can reliably tune on that and keep your uh, engine running consistently. Fill up after fill up after fill up because it's the same. Tested. So what's the octane of the race fuel going in? Is it 102, 105? I don't want to answer that with confidence. Okay. I don't that's know. That's fine. It's high <laughs> octane. Let's put it yes. that way. Higher than yes. like higher than what you would get premium or even probably at most like most gas stations right okay um and for those that don't know ethanol is a corn-based fuel all right it's like a corn alcohol alcohol. yeah yep Yep. people get drunk off of it i uh yeah i mean some people when i when i I fill up the fumes just coming out of the fuel cell like they really remind me of just a super hardcore fucking like moonshine yeah it's like it's grain alcohol basically yeah is what's going in Um, so i'm smelling that i'm like oh man i can just like and there's there's College. certain people that bitch about that. Me personally, I, I think that the corn as a fuel is a good idea because a, it's not a finite resource. It's something that can continually grow, even though it is harsh on the ground, as long as you have, you know, productive farming to where yeah. you're continually turning and changing out your changing out. So you don't strip the soil of all the nutrients. That's yeah. perfectly fine. Um, and it is, you know, it's not destroying dinosaur bones. <laughs> And in my opinion, it smells really good when it burns. It probably it does. does. Yep. I think the only thing that probably smells better is biodiesel. Yeah, you might have me there. Because biodiesel smells like French fries usually. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that, might, that might be the, the clear cut winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we, we could start wrapping up now. I think we're at like an yeah, hour and was, 15 minutes. But we can, we, we can continue to go if you want. I'm just giving you an out. One more. There's one more very important one. It's right on the door. Arizona Motorsports wiring. This whole car wouldn't run without a wiring harness, like the central nervous system of the car. And David Ferreira at Arizona Motorsports wiring helped me out hugely by getting this car outfitted with the most top shelf, like motorsports spec wiring harness you can make for a car. It's okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. They gave you a, a, this will do the job for a little bit. Yeah. And please bring it back so that we can give you a really, really good one. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. He wired the car in its previous form, but that was before he had an official business. And yeah, it was kind of like a budget, like this will, this will do it. Um, But I'm not really super happy about it. And this year he said, no, shut up. I don't care what what you can afford or can't afford. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure you have the right stuff in your car. And it was, it was a good thing because it was, it was a little melty, wasn't it? The old one was, yeah. This one, <laughs> you, you can run the thing underwater and the, the circuitry would be fine. Like it's, it's completely sealed. You, you can, I, I want to say you can just light it on fire. Like this stuff just won't melt. <laughs> I, I loved watching that about a month ago of like your Instagram story of like, all right, we're here. I don't know why we're getting this harness changed out, but we're here. Oh, okay. That's why we're changing out the harness. <laughs> oh, that. No, that oh. was... That was just the um, boot that covers the positive, the battery positive. Oh, Jesus. The starter. <laughs> Those boots are not like 
gray spec material. Yeah. They, they're just a generic like rubber boot and that starter, it sits so close to the exhaust header. Oh Jesus. And it's actually a good con. It shows really well how good Arizona motorsports wiring products are because that boot just melts and shrivels up and you change it a few times a year, keep it fresh. But the, the wiring loom that comes out right next to that boot, which is just as close to the exhaust as the boot, is totally fine. Not even charred. It's still flexible. It's it's like perfect. So that shows the contrast between the just generic boots that you throw on over the positive. Bullshit. Thank you for clarifying that because yeah. I sat there and I was like, I was like, wow, it's a good thing that he had that changed out when he did. <laughs> Yeah, those are kind of a consumable. You just you unbolt the terminal, you slide the old burnt up boot off, you slide one on. Um, at least to the best of my knowledge, you can't get a really um, dedicated, specialized boot that won't melt for just for that terminal there. I don't know. Maybe there is one out there, but you hear I don't that, know. people? Internet. <clears throat> Schulte has doubted you. Yeah. Send him Find something. It. I'm about to get shown up. Everyone's going to make send him something. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send send him something. He 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 wants to see it. Send him something for a, a what year? <laughs> <laughs> what engine? <laughs> yeah. Any any LS base, any GM LS base engine. <laughs> yeah. Send him a really really durable one that will last forever. We That'd challenge you. That'd be sick. <laughs> not fun to change. <laughs> I thought you said it was easy. I mean, it's relatively easy if you have a car off the ground. But if I'm here in my driveway in the summer, I don't want to do that. Oh fuck yeah. that bullshit. <laughs> You have to go under it. Okay, so uh, yeah. you got a new daily driver. Mm, yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want, you want uh, to talk a little bit about your daily driver that you got? So yeah, everyone thinks that if you can be in Formula Drift, your life's all glamour and it's you're you're rich and you can you're you're all comfortable. But the reality is that we are on ramen, and the only car we have to drive when my rig and car are out in like Florida across the country for a drift event is my wife's. 27 year old nissan um that always has something <laughs> her, her classic car yeah <laughs> classic qualification car. nissan that was our only vehicle we had to drive when my stuff was all out of town yeah because you had we, your you had your tow truck yep your tow a, vehicle truck out as well right so I you basically like drove and flew GMC. out and then flew and drove out right exactly i'll drive the truck out and if two rounds are close to each other across the country i'll leave the truck at one fly back fly back out and go to the next round, then come home to save our fuel. And you know, alphas don't work. And my, yeah, I have my dad's alpha, 1978 alpha. <laughs> Fuck male. that. No, alpha yeah. Romero's do not work at no. all. No. Like even uh, new ones. No, don't no. even, don't I'm, even I'm glad they kept the traditional life with the new ones. Themselves, <laughs> 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 Not letting the pressure of modern day reliability, not, they're not succumbing to that pressure. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, we were lacking a good, reliable car to drive while, while my stuff's all out of town. We were like totally slumming in. If something was wrong with the car, we're totally screwed. So we just picked up a 2019 fresh off the lot, uh, Genesis G70 sedan, which is an entry level luxury sedan to compete with like a BMW three series or something to the likes of that. But the key selling point to this Genesis G70, which is what sold us on the car is you can buy it with a six speed manual transmission, which on a rear wheel drive, like luxury sedan, which is like super hard to find nowadays. Uh, you can find some BMWs. With yeah, I was going to say, you can find Beamers yeah. that have them still because there's yeah. there's those enthusiasts that really, really want. True. You have to pay more. And this yeah. car is down in the 30,000 range. And to get into the BMWs with the manuals, you need like an M4 coupe or or an M5 yep. or, a, or a five with an M badge and something stuff like, like that. Yeah. yeah, you could pay way more. So maybe you just bought that. And it's amazing, especially contrasting to her. Contra- 
especially contrasting to her 27 year old car that we were driving it feels like a Bentley it's just <laughs> so good. I, I loved that you threw out there and you were like oh people aren't gonna guess this and then somebody actually guessed it yeah two people did I was really impressed <laughs> good job you're just like uh <laughs> backfired okay uh i'm going through your i'm going through your livery right now uh odyssey battery mm-hmm. oh you're just reading them all off well odyssey. hey man i'm gonna help you out i appreciate that <laughs> odyssey battery um i approached them at SEMA last year also and i approached them and gave them my sponsor proposal packet and all that and they were like you know they they, they have one of those responses like like they thought I was asking for money and they're like, Oh man, we're, we're kind of only doing like products, sponsorship stuff. Right Give now. me a I, battery. <laughs> I was like, That's what I want. I mean, I mean, these batteries are like $300 a piece. I got two of them. I want to, I want, I need a spare. Like, I don't want money from you. I really do just want, I just want a battery. And they're like, Oh hell yeah. So totally. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so Odyssey has been a dream. They're super nice. We interact on social media. They're like really friendly. Um, I'm friends with a couple other guys on Facebook now. And yeah, they sent me, they're like, what do you need? And I picked out some things from the website. And then a few days later, a pallet showed up at my door and I got like three batteries, um, battery hold downs. These really nice, like billet CNC machine battery hold down kits they make for them, which just look amazing. I got battery chargers and like every, everything, everything related to the battery for the car chargers hold down better than self terminals everything uh, what kind of, are, uh, is there anything special about their batteries <sighs> but i'm not a battery expert oh, it right. really is but i'm not educated to t- enough to talk about it <laughs> they're nice batteries i, know, I mean they're, they're really like, nice batteries they're, they're, the, they're the nicest batteries then they're the greatest and they're pretty and yeah, they start we, your car really well and they we keep your non-existent here, yeah. ac running super great <laughs> believe exactly. me they're the best batteries in the world everyone <laughs> says so that's exactly <laughs> what my script says <laughs> all right uh we'll get off of that break quip Am I reading break, it right? break quip was really uh really kind of an unexpected need um <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, did you just admit that you, that brakes were an unexpected need for you? Yeah, you don't need brakes on your car; just mess Yes. Up until this year, my pedal, my foot pedal for the brakes, only worked the front brakes, and I didn't have anything going to the back except for my handbrake. Yeah. And so I knew for this year I had to rebuild my whole brake system. Also, I didn't have a brake booster; it was manual brakes, and I have to have a brake booster this year. So I had to rebuild the whole system. And I was like, "Oh, not a big deal." And then again, and then I you found out, this- "Oh, it's a big deal." <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> after I already talked to Brake Whip, yeah. I talked to them at SEMA and it's funny. They're actually based in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, which is where Sophia, my wife is from. So it's kind of like a fun little small world thing there. Um, I'm like, were you, were you just looking over there? Did you call yes. your wife and it's fiance? No, we, we got legally married. Did you, did you really? I missed that. Yeah, we we kind of kept it low key because we can't have a ceremony currently, but we want to have a ceremony down the road. So we want to like still make that feel special. So we didn't like tell her congratulations. (laughs) These people say congrats on getting married to me. (laughs) (laughs) Congrats on on hitching yourself to that sinking ship. (laughs) 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 You made a horrible decision. Your life decisions are suspect. (laughs) Let's go back to breaks before I, before she asked for an annulment. (laughs) <laughs> anyway 
his brakes. <laughs> I saw them. I saw the brake clip at SEMA, and um, suddenly a light bulb went off in my head of like, I don't know how to build a brake system. So I was talking to them about with my car and what I'm doing, and I have to build a whole new brake system, and I need brake lines and fittings and you know whatever else and i was just kind of talking to them about what i had to do and they were being really helpful and like pointing out the products i would need and whatnot and this and that and then at some point i just kind of mentioned like you want to like work together on this can i help could you help help me please yeah (laughs) essentially (laughs) and they were really friendly And, and like i said they're from the same town that that Sophia's from in Tennessee. So and they luckily just as friendly as the rest of that whole city is. Man, she's from a great area that likes Southern hospitality stuff. That's a that's um, a thing with Tennessee. Yeah. It really is. And so they were like, heck yeah, you know, um, we'll we'll get on board with you and we'll help you out and get you some of the stuff you need. So I got some bent some um brake tubing from them. The, that like metal stuff that you still can like it's malleable and you can bend it and put your flare fittings on it, whatever. I got these really cool tools for like when you service your brake system, if you take a line off, it's like a clampy tool that has a rubber tip on it and you clamp it over the end of the brake line and like plugs it so it doesn't drip brake fluid everywhere. It's like super stuff I never thought. It's like one of those problems that you experience and you just kind of like forget that there could be a way to fix this and very quick thought about a tool that to make to fix this obvious problem that you deal with that you never really think (laughs) would be a way to live without. But um, yeah, just they sent me... All, the, all these super handy, like a, a, a tool that bends the brake line smoothly into like a nice, perfectly radius bend instead of like you bending it by hand. It like kinks and does weird stuff um, and just made made that whole system building process a million times easier. So, yeah, they're 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 a cool new friend that we have this year. And I really enjoyed all the products that they've that they've uh, that I've gotten to use. OK, so I'm seeing a Wolfram audio, but you don't have mm. stereo equipment in this car, right? That's correct. But <laughs> I do Dude, drive, I do tow this car across the whole country in a truck from 2008 with a lacking stereo system, and I need to be entertained on that drive. So, I mean, Colin Buckeye, what's that? You did tow yes. around mm-hmm. in a lacking stereo system in 2008. That truck. was, that's what I realized <laughs> I was doing and that I needed to stop doing. <laughs> um, and luckily there's this really nice guy named colin buckeye who lives here in phoenix and who owns wolfram audio and we're friends on facebook and i've seen his posts and stuff and i said yo i need dude I, you gotta help me <laughs> like <laughs> I, just can't, I can't keep towing across the country and like ripping my hair out listening to listening to stereo audio with no bass and just no personality to it it's super tinny like the stereo system that's meant for like really shitty country music yeah yeah and and colin makes this i need to hear that hatsune make you yeah if if i'm gonna listen to the the music by the characters in my car like it's gonna sound good (laughs) but colin makes these products that are like way over my level like he makes stuff for like serious audio nerds for like competitive sound system competitions which i don't even know how those work but there's you know there's a competitive world to that too and that's the stuff that he like like can get into with some of the stuff he sells so he's like oh yeah dude don't you worry i i got you and uh he tells me what stuff i should get for the truck and i'm just like okay i'll take that okay sure i'll buy that one huh what do you like do you tell me dude and so two subs come and two amps, which I, he tells me how to wire the amps together to like make it work right and how to wire them to the subs. I don't know how to do this stuff. He walks me through it and holy shit. Now, like my favorite part about going drifting across the country is the drive to and the drive back because 
<laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing has ever sounded better. And, uh, so yeah, so I, I I'm helping him out because he's a, he's a local dude and he's so nice. Like he's been so helpful. So I'm like, let me run the sticker on the car. Let me, you know, do whatever I can to try you out when I can, when I have some, some relevant content, like I want to help you out with this because you've just been more than helpful getting me hooked up with, with some proper stuff in my truck. Um, and yeah. So even though there's no stereo in the car, but I do run the Wolfram audio sticker because for every time I'm not in the car and I'm towing the car, his stuff is working for me and just keeps me from ripping my hair out on the road and going dying of boredom. All right. So quickly we have Nexen. Nexen Tire. ADM. Yep. Nexen Tire. That's, that's who the tire company was. Uh, which is a separate company from the wheels company. It's extreme wheels. Correct. Extreme okay. wheels sells tires, but in formula, uh, the sanctioning body of formula drift only allows certain tire manufacturers, um, to be used on track. Which um, makes sense. <laughs> right. It makes sense. They have, they have partnerships with certain manufacturers who partnered with the series and, and that's how it works. You have to run a tire approved by formula drift. Um, and these tire manufacturers have driver programs. So as you're coming into the series, you approach one of the tire manufacturers for the series and you request to be on their, their driver program for the series and they can accept you, they can deny you. Um, but it's a, it's a flat, it's a flat rate for all the drivers in the series of how much you pay per tire. And then they, like I said, they bring the tires to the track, they mount them for you. They take away your trash ones. Um, it's a, it's actually a really good value. Like it's a really solid program. These guys are bending over backwards to make sure, I mean, this is, this is the worst part about drifting is tire consumption. And these guys are, are absolutely doing God's work and making making our lives just a million times easier without having to mount our own tires and like take our trash tires and find a find a place to dispose of them. Um, so they deserve endless amounts of credit. Um, but I'm on the Nexon program and I chose Nexon because their consistency in, in the tire wear, the, the, the grip level stays consistent, just down to the, the steel cord, just unbelievable consistency. I was just this past weekend, I was running, um, I just used one set at our local track. And not only did I run like eight or nine laps on that one set of tire, but by the time I got off track, they were all the way down to the steel. But the, even the last lap, I felt the grip and it was just still dumping smoke. And I haven't had another tire that really stays that consistent this whole lifespan. So I like being on Nexon and uh, the guys that are at the track, the guys working uh, for Nexon are, are some of the nicest. So really good group of guys there. I'm enjoying it. All right. Uh, I see Fortune Auto. We talked about Fortune Auto. Yes, I mean, I'd love to talk about them again. Okay. But they're the suspension guys. Oh, they're the suspension yeah, guys. Yeah. Okay. 2F. Oh, my God. Yes, 2F. I mentioned 2F. Now I feel terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like looking at the side of the car. I'm like, I don't remember all the, the sponsors. I'm like. <laughs> 2F Performance is the full name. And they are an aero company, body kit company. So they, ah. they make the car. Colorbomb makes the car look cool with a livery. And 2F Performance gives Colorbomb the campus to paint on, if you will. Which you have to go all the way back. Like I was going back in your instagram feed i think it's like you got to go all the way back to when is this uh 14 weeks ago so that's four and a half or four months ago almost to mm -hmm. see what the car looks like before the wrap got put on right just all like blue and white and, naked. Yep, and gray primer gray for the yeah. the arrow kits that got put yeah. on by 2f and yeah yeah, I've been running the 2F kit for like three or four years now, I think. Uh, it's the it's the four-piece kit, front bumper, rear bumper, and side skirts. Yep. Um, I, I, it's my favorite kit for, for my model vehicle, the two, uh, 240SX. It's super aggressive. If you can't run your car dirt nasty low like some people can, the kit still makes you look 
like a really nice stance that hangs low. I love the angles on it. Um, and they're right here in Phoenix too. Paco Ibarra and Chris Thorne kind of run to a performance. Um, and there are some really good friends of mine uh, locally and have been for years and years. So um, I absolutely want to support their their company and run their products because I mean I would anyway. They look they look dope. They're my favorite looking kit. So it's like a double win. And I haven't had to buy a new kit in a few years. So that's kind of why I kind of <laughs> glossed over mentioning. Uh, knock on wood. Yeah. Knock on wood, yeah. <laughs> haven't had to buy a new kit. <laughs> they, Paco, get work on a new kit. Like, like they, like, they're, they're FRP, they're fiberglass. Oh, there is a, there they, is a picture that, that's literally, like, the picture that I have right now that's a good side shot of your Instagram uh, the picture right above it is your friend carrying your front bumper that fell off of your car. That's Paco. That's yeah. the owner. <laughs> that was up in Michigan. That's a grid life. Uh, he was up there too. And yeah, I, I dirt, I kind of got in the dirt a little bit, played, played in the dirt. And uh, the rear bumper is just held on with zip ties so that it can detach pretty easily um, if it needs to. And it did. And he went out and retrieved it and brought it back to my pits. And it's perfect. There's not a crack, not a scratch. It's I'm going to read this just because it's a perfect Instagram post. Tua yeah. Performance is a really great aero company. Reason one, my bumper doesn't absolutely explode when I knock it off my car. Reason two, Taco Barra Barra offers personal bumper concierge service when you knock your bumper off. <laughs> and he's just carrying it over his head. Yeah. I, I, I 100% promise that service to everyone who buys their products. Sorry, Paco, you have a lot of work coming up to do. Yep. <laughs> Okay, then we got some big companies that are just on there, like AEM, uh, Torco, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I think about everyone except AEM, AEM intakes. Um, they're really they're they're really heavy in formula drift. A lot of drivers work with them, and for good, good intakes uh, in general. Yeah, they make they make intake kits and also intake components. So your your silicone couplers and your metal tubing uh, that you can buy as as individual components if you need to do a custom intake, like for my car, where you swap a different engine than what came in, and they yeah. don't make shelf kit. Um, so a lot of drivers work with them, but just because they make a great range of products, great quality, and they, they whatever you need to make, they, you can get products from them for it. So um, I hopped on board with them too and and running their, their intake products into the hood. They're, they're probably the, well, besides the, the tires and wheels companies, they're probably the most uh, scalable to the regular listening audience. <laughs> you can buy AEM yes. intakes for your cars, people. I've yes. thought about buying one for my WRX, so I'm like, eh. You can just buy the filter too, just like you like you buy a can. Oh, I've filter. already got a pop in filter. I, I yeah. it they don't make a I, I try and keep it generally like Subaru. This is mm-hmm. like my third WRX and I try and keep like the Subaru parts, but they don't make a, a Ram air intake or a cold air intake for the Subarus that are like SPT filters. So oh, I'm like, eh, I have to go to they used to, but they don't anymore. And like I have okay. to go to an aftermarket. So I've thought of like AMs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't bit the bullet yet on it, but I really want to. <laughs> I've really, I've enjoyed the, it was, it's really nice to use their products. They, they're super easy to work with. So I'd like to, okay. and we got one for Sophia's car and I can put one on my truck. So we, the whole family is now. <laughs> <laughs> now yes. Yeah, just stuff. putting a drop in air filter will help your, will help your mileage and your horsepower, no matter what in general, better airflow <laughs> to an extent. Yes. Now yes. to get the most out of it, you should really go and like retune your cars. Yes. Timing maps. Right. But just dropping the filter in, yeah, you should notice some some benefits and some fuel mileage at, at least to help with the efficiency. Cotton air filters, horses out of it too, or cotton air filters are just you know they're inefficient. They're they a bit restrict the airflow too much. Kind of has to work harder to pull the air in. Yeah. Yep. 
They're, so they're super inefficient. Take that from a guy who tests engines <laughs> for a That's living. That's right. That's right. I'm a car <laughs> train technician, and nothing I say is wrong. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, we could just take it from a mechanical engineer, Chris. I mean, you're correct, but I mean, basically, like the manufacturer, they're going for cheap and efficient, and just to make it work. There's a lot of factors they're trying to play into because I worked for Chrysler for a little bit too. And it's just like you're just trying to make it so it works for everyone at a good price point. So, yes, you cut corners. And it, yes. it they will work at pretty much all uh, altitudes, <laughs> which is which is the key. It's like there's no difference. However, the, having those filters, like having a, a, a cotton air filter with oil based is way better at high altitudes than having like a, a regular old like fabric one or not fabric, a uh, regular like paper one standard air filter i just pack my intake tube with cotton gauze and that kind of <laughs> <out>. <laughs> with just like a, a a fine wire mesh in front oh, man. spray some I oil see, in there i see people do that on turbos they just put the screen on the turbo right oh. the compressor wheel and that's for some reason i mean it looks kind of cool but i always am like oh but yeah. so much can get past that like yeah you're gonna get bees in your engine bees <laughs> <laughs> do you want bees. bees in your engine because that's how you get bees in your engine i have li- i have found so many dead bees on my intercooler and in my air intake oh man save the bees man bees are it's, friends i can't help it if they if a giant swarm of them flies into the middle of the freeway <laughs> we'll just we'll just assume they're africanized and that they they're okay to be right they, they were stupid yeah. So they have to be Africanized ones. Like generally those are like the crazy stupid ones. I was driving down the 101 about to get onto the 10. (laughs) Yeah, I was driving down the 101 about to get onto the 10 uh, heading westbound. And I literally hit a giant ass swarm of bees. I had to, I had to like stop and pull into a car wash so I could get it all off of my car. And my windshield was just streaked with bee guts. Oh, it was bad. Gross. Like that's how big, the, that's how big the swarm was. And when I popped open my, my hood, I could just see like just bees all over my intercooler just Oof. smashed. <laughs> and if it's summer in Phoenix, that's guts get really hard to clean off. Yes. That's why I stopped really quickly to make sure that they don't get baked on. Cause I knew I was going to be out and about. Cause that, that was back when I was working real estate. So I was like all over the Valley and I knew that I would like be, I think at that point I was heading out to Tolleson. Mm-hmm is way the fuck out there yeah, yeah, and that absolutely. car would have baked those bees directly on gross. <laughs> so gross yeah. all right uh andrew do you have anything else that you would like to talk about um i know we're gonna wrap this up pretty soon because i think we're go- coming up on two hours now but well we're coming up on like an hour and a half of actual recording <laughs> oh that's true okay <laughs> so i know we're gonna kind of wrap up soon but i do i really want to express um express the fact that like i I don't know how many what, all the other guests you've had on your podcast, but I, I'm I think I'm pretty safe in assuming that this is kind of a new me as a guest as a as a actually no you're guy a third a drifting guest on here yes okay <laughs> so cool because we so had Abe Brian and we had a uh, who did we have from uh, from Jim Law Drift? oh have you have you had Jim Law yeah yeah oh hell yeah okay yeah. Dope. <laughs> so in that case I want to reaffirm what those two have started. Which is the cross pollinization here? Speaking of bees, <laughs> different fan bases. Go for it. Um, because our our worlds here of computers, of video games, of of anime, and of cars all are a lot closer, closely close, closely tied, a 
lot, a lot, a lot, tied a lot closer than you would think. I've had, I've had some white claws here, so bear yeah. with me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I want to encourage listeners who, who are still like, you know, no, nah, I'm, I'm you know, it's just anime cars. Like I'll skip over this car podcast or car guy, whatever. It's not interesting to me. I want to encourage hey, you watch initial D. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, yeah, you can watch initial D. Wang, no. Wang, no. Wang, no. Wang, no. Wang, no. no. Do it, Eric. Do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> we we have a hard oh. stance on no Eurobeat, no initial D. Sorry. Oh my god. Oh the Eurobeat. You're not helping my cause here. <laughs> Chris Chris is all about the Eurobeat and initial D, and he, he has outvoted generally two to one on no Eurobeat, no initial D. Because you guys haven't watched it yet. We have. We don't want to watch it again. <laughs> I would still encourage people to try to cross pollinate. Especially through these events, like we talked about the one I was at in Michigan, this grid life event where let me explain what grid life is. It's yeah, it's go totally, for it. it's a totally beautiful format when it comes to, to motorsports and, and how to host a motorsports event. It's a three day event. They have one in Atlanta. They have one in Michigan and they're doing a new one in Colorado this year. Uh, and they do these once a year. And it's a three day festival. Think of like your music festival for the EDM guys who go to this, uh, wherever they hold these music festivals at. And there's this huge stage and this awesome fan experience. Um, it's like that, but for, but mixing into that motorsports as well as the music festival side and, and video games as well, even. Uh, so this event in Michigan, you've got cars on track all day. You have cars grip driving, doing like time attack and HPDE um, type grip driving stuff. You have the drift drivers out there putting on a huge show. You've got uh, a stage set up where every night there's some big name, actually, artists doing music festivals every night. There's tents where there's arcade games set up and people go and play video games there. And so there's this huge, like all these different cultures come together in one space to enjoy each other's each other's cultures and kind of cross-pollinate, like I said. Um, so I want to encourage... Co-mingle. Who was it? Co-mingle. Co-mingle. Pollination has a very sexual undertone to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, man, some of that might be going on, too. I'm yes. yes. But we don't, want, we don't want to make people think that just because you go there, you're getting laid. This isn't a, uh, this isn't oh, a, a concert on the, the campus it of happens. PCU. It happens. Maybe. <laughs> Anyway, it's a full load of fun. And I, I have a lot of fun experiencing kind of the different cultures that I'm not always exposed to, like the music festival side of it and, and all the video games and stuff going on in the tents there. And, and I'm sure that people who go there for the music festival have a good time watching. Because you're a big so. nerd, but not that kind of nerd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to step out of my comfort zone a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, hey, drifting yeah. is a it, it is a different form. Oh, look, there's a cat. Oh, that's, that's pizza. Yeah, that's right. I, I, was, I wanted to talk about your cats, and we'll talk about your cats in a minute. <laughs> Drifting is a, is another form of racing, and it's definitely for the younger audience. Um, I know that older people that I've talked to are like, man, if my dad knew that this was going on, he'd be rolling over in his grave, and I can oh, never yeah. learn how to drift race because you're just burning and wasting tires. And it's like, eh. But it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll come around. That's why I said, like I said, I love giving ride-alongs because every time you give a ride-along to someone who's never been in one, they always come around. It's, well, it's just the best. And that's why I love, uh, like, I've never done drift racing, but I've done, I've done like canyon carving in a in in generally a WRX because. I prefer, you know, not having my ass slide out on me <laughs> on a regular road. <laughs> maybe, maybe not on a canyon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. not on a canyon. But I, I've done canyon runs that are really, really fun. The adrenaline rush is something else. 
and all racing in that aspect. Yep. It's like you can totally tell the reason why you do it. It's new yes, age hot riding. Yes. Actually, really yes, that, that is it. And that that's the best thing. It's like if you think about it, like way back in the day, old folks were like, oh, that's just a waste of gasoline. <laughs> why exactly. are you swapping a bigger motor in that tiny little car? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, history is cyclical it all kind of comes around and around again in new new forms as time goes on and i think like chris said that's kind of what we're seeing with drifting is like new age hot rodding where people are doing are doing like crazy engine swaps into cars that you would never see these engines in and just absolute nuts like frankenstein builds and, and then they're going out and just doing burnouts across a whole track like what this is it's mind-blowing what's crazier than that <laughs> That's, I think, uh, one of the crazier drops that I've seen in is an LS engine in a BRZ, which for as small and light of a car as that is, has a fuck ton of engine base space. So much. Yeah, LS's and Miatas, (laughs) um, which is just weird in general. But (laughs) seeing that in a BRZ and then seeing that there's still room in there for other shit. And you're just like, oh, what? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so like the because the BRZ and the Scion FRS came with boxer engines, which are horizontally opposed pistons, and so yeah, their frames and engine bays are actually really wide, so they can accommodate some some pretty serious engine packages. Yeah, and that's like one of the things that we've seen is like uh, I remember Chris and I went to a car show and we saw a guy who swapped in he he threw a turbo in and had an FMIC routed into it. And we're like, you can't even tell that there's an FMIC in there because it's hidden by the by the regular body molding. Like, there's still tons of engine base space in there to fit all yeah. sorts of other shit in there. Totally, like, it was insane. That's why a lot of people choose these 240s too. I mean, the chassis is good, but also the engine bay can house a lot of different power plant options. Because what did that come with initially, like stock wise? It was a six, right? It's a four, four cylinder, an inline oh, four cylinder engine out of the uh, Nissan hard body pickup truck. Oh Jesus Christ! In the states, in the United States, that's we got in in other countries they got an inline four-cylinder turbocharged engine uh for that car like oh, not okay car. so there, there was like made to be room for a turbo in there and an intercooler and all that yeah stuff. yeah exactly okay because i i was thinking that it came with like an i6 i don't know much you know, about the they, put in, they put them in but no they didn't come with those stuff ah, okay would have been all nice. right so i think we do need to to start closing out but we'll we'll close out with talking about your kitty cats so you have mm. two cats right is that right? Yes. Yes. Pizza. And I have, I have one of them right here. Pizza who's a calico or is he just straight up all orange? Pizza is just all orange. And she's a beautiful girl. Look at her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> put me down, dad. I don't want to see these ugly people. <laughs> That's, this is pizza. Pizza. <laughs> so pizza's kind of our uh, chubby orange kitty. She's a big she's, fluff ball. She's mm-hmm. beautiful. She's a lap cat. She just wants to come cuddle with you wherever you are and always lay on your lap. She's just, she's the best. She could be a therapy cat. <laughs> and then we have Pickle. And Pickle is a cat that Sophia rescued out of a parking lot in summer at a dealership she used to work at as a kitten. She was in it. She was living with her mom and, and brothers and sisters in the engine bay of a car. And it's a really Jesus Christ. Yeah. You, can, you can, you can just fill in the blanks. <laughs> this is a, this is a crazy messed out cat. Apparently is what I'm gathering from no, that. I've seen, I've seen this story on Facebook before. <laughs> 
the best. This cat's gonna murder you in your sleep. She, no. <laughs> pretty crazy. She has a personality, but really, she just loves to cuddle too, and she she calms down and does really well. Sophia found her as a kitten and brought her home, and we couldn't let her go. So that's our pickle. She's gray, and she's in shape and fit and slim, and pizza is not. <laughs> <laughs> aptly named pickles technically actually kind of good for you made out of vegetables pizza not so much no <laughs> but really, you like pizza they're, yeah they're really representative of the foods that they're named after Although, yeah pizza pizza would be the more comforting one that yeah. totally makes sense it actually does yep. yeah pickles over here too but she won't come when she's called but i wish she i wish she would come on camera but she won't she's just off to the side <laughs> she's like fuck you dad no <laughs> yeah Pretty much. Any other pets? No, that's it. We just got our two cats. With how much we're out of town sometimes, it's easier to have cats. That yes. Have. Yeah. So, that's so. that's the problem with don't die in your house. The cats will eat you. They're that's evil, true. evil animals. Yeah. They'll eat your cats. Circle of life. <laughs> All right. So we'll end there. We'll end up talking about cats murdering you <laughs> yes. and then eating your flesh. Silly <laughs> <laughs> a great we, time. We would like to thank Andrew Schulte for being on this special edition of I Beat It First. Um, you should hopefully have another one dropping in about 24 hours into the news feed on this one of our regularly scheduled uh, podcast. But uh, we had to move some stuff around because uh, some mitigating issues having, having to do with scheduling. Um, we might have Andrew on again so that we can have him on cutscene where we won't talk about drifting and we'll just talk about anime um, and we'll talk about his namesake of no game, no life. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Need some time to, to brush up and do some homework so I can come on sounding fairly educated. You don't need to sound educated. You no. just need to sound like you watched it. I've watched the whole series and I watched the No Game No Life Zero movie as well. I should probably yeah, I did it. not. Yeah. Oh, good. Wow, I'm ahead of someone on something. You watched, you watched the show though, didn't you, Eric? I watched most of the show. Um, Shannon kept walking in and going, what the fuck are you watching? Because it's very, very fan servicey. Oh, yeah. um, and the English dub is not great. I, I've thought about just switching to the Japanese and just biting the bullet on that one and watching the sub just because the English dub is not what I would call amazing. Um, it, it's more it's more kind of borderline satirical <laughs> in their voiceover is how I feel. Um, but I, I did actually like the premise a lot. So it, it's kind of like a weird isekai type thing, right? I guess that would be how I'd explain it. Yeah. Kind of, sort of, isekai. They yeah, should have been an isekai that. quartet. It should, it could have been isekai quintet. Yeah. Well, is it from the same people? No, it's not, but that doesn't matter. Have <laughs> <laughs> any of you guys watched High School of the Dead? Yes. No. That's, that's very fancy. How have you not watched it yet? We've talked about this multiple times, Chris. It's on Hulu. Watch the, watch the dub on Hulu. It's perfectly yeah, fine. Watch a guy it. steady his AR, his AR on boobs. Yeah. And then the girl chastised him later about how much her boobs hurt because he used her, he used her boobs as a, as a uh, momentum suppression for his shot or for his rifle. Yeah. <laughs> it's, really, it's really good. And yeah. then, Hate yourself and watch the no game no or no game. Watch the high school of the dead. Uh, AO or uh, shit. AOE. Yeah, AOE. Where it's uh, it's just talking about or where it's like it's it's island of the dead where they get they get shipwrecked onto an island. Yeah, it's it's the it is the most hardcore of beach episodes. Like, you remember when you watched the uh, Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon Beach episode where it was in the spa? Which wasn't, which was, yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, it's way worse than that. <laughs> You're talking, you see full on moose knuckle. 
my god <laughs> thank you japan yes thank you japan <laughs> and on that note uh thank you very much andrew schulte for for joining us and talking about your sponsors and talking about drifting in general and giving a little bit more background for our listeners um it's definitely it's something that chris is super passionate about yep. um and jason and i well Jason knows absolutely nothing about cars, which is why he drives a Mustang. Um, <laughs> I, I know enough to make my to make myself dangerous and get myself in trouble. Um, <laughs> but uh, Chris definitely knows quite a bit about cars. So I'm learning more and more about drifting as we continue to go along. Um, and it's, you know, I was part of that that camp way back in the day of like drifting. That sounds stupid to now. It's like, oh, drifting. That's that's pretty cool. It's a it's a pretty a pretty mainstream like really good way to to show off skills as opposed to just a bunch of people trying to fly around corners as fast as they yep. can fastest growing motorsport in the world currently statistically speaking nice yes all right so thank you very much andrew would you do you have any parting words for us um for you specifically please come to the track and get in the cars soon <laughs> i will you know what tell me a day that you're at the track and okay. i will try and make my way down there i'll do it that it'll be fun That'd be um, sick. I, I might, I might make the wife come with me to bring the kids to, just so that he can see it as well too. Because no, I'm sure he would enjoy it. Yeah, he would, he would definitely thoroughly enjoy it. However, I'm not leaving my seven year old with random people on the side <laughs> of the track. No, <laughs> Maybe Chris, but I don't know if I trust Chris to not lose my kid. <laughs> That's one of the best parts. The part that I love the most about my car is it, it does really well with kids with the anime characters on it and everything. They love it. So and the bright colors absolutely. and yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So you can be found at uh, at Schulte, S-C-H-U-L-T-E underscore 216 on Instagram, right? That's correct. And it's my main, the main platform I use or Andrew Schulte on Facebook. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, but we don't put a lot of content on it yet, but it's there. And it's, I think it's, it's either uh, a Schulte 92 or it's the Schulte underscore 216 but Instagram is, is where you'll find me making most of my, there's most a of lot posts. of posts. Yep. <laughs> yes. There are quite a few posts. I actually, I, I hate that Instagram, if you've watched the story and it, it gets like an hour or so out of after you watch it, you can't really watch it again. Cause I tried <laughs> to pull up that video of you pouring your milk in and then pouring your, your Cheerios on top of that to show my wife when I told her and she's like, that's when she asked like, well, what weird thing does he do it? I'm like, well, I'm trying to pull the video up, but it won't come up. <laughs> 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 yeah but yes thank you very much for being on uh any final words before we cut out <laughs> i just want you to come to the track and get in the car and for for parting words for anyone else um go experience something new there's always there's always something new in life to experience so don't be afraid to step out of your box a little bit and get out of your comfort zone and if you're one of those weirdos with fort with uh xboxes then you can get forza and get the drift add-ons that came out yep. last september God, so, I don't know. Chris would remember. Sounds about, sounds about right. Yeah, about August, September, I think it was. Or yeah, somewhere like around it. there. I think it got announced in August and came out in September, if I remember. Something like that. Like. Um, but yeah, so, you know, get brushed up. Get cultured on Culture yes. Swine. Yep. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. And we will see you guys in hopefully 24 hours. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yep. it. Thanks for coming on.